Blog Talk Radio. Fine with the draw. 
I would have been fine with like a seven to five, six, five, one, either way. It was that close. But when you start screaming robbery, it's ridiculous. Now, Moretti, um, Lomachenko's side did appeal Moretti, and sometimes those appeal appeals go through and they take the judge out. Sometimes they don't. According to Bob Arum, he said the commission said that's one of our best judges. Okay, but like I said, it wouldn't have changed the fight. Um, even if he had the winning scorecard the other way, it wouldn't have changed the fight. There was two seven five fights, and like I said, sometimes you know, like uh, the first Golovkin Canelo, right? We get it. Ten to two is fucking ridiculous, right? But I'm not gonna go up there. And do what Teddy Atlas, not that I'd be on ESPN, but on ESPN, Teddy Atlas was up there saying it was 10-2 Golovkin. Well, that's fucking ridiculous, too. And it seems like that type of stuff's getting worse and worse. And when you're on a mainstream platform and you spill that type of shit, you know, that doesn't help. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Or you got Pauli Malinaji talking about the only reason why you wanted to see Loma lose is because he was a white guy. So uh, me scoring seven five six five one uh, a draw. Basically, if you score seven rounds for Haney, you're racist. So I guess I'm a racist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, a, a whole lot to talk about when it comes down to this. But like I said, this whole robbery thing, it, it, there's a time and a place for it, and there's plenty of time and places <laughs> when we're talking about boxing, and that's what just kind of makes me sit back and, and chuckle sometimes. And I know, you know, the combination of the social media era that we're in, uh, you're just going to go one way and just, you know, likes and retweets regardless or some sort of engagement. I get that part. We've also documented of late in the last year or so, people are betting more all over the country. So, yeah, we do kind of see people um, – Overly emotional, kind of like they're actually fanboys for the actual fighters. We used to just see, you could really pick out the over-the-top fanboys that were so biased towards their favorite fighter, right? I mean, I think if you've been a boxing fan for a good chunk of your life, especially when you're younger, and I'm not just talking about 8 or 10, I'm talking about well into your teenage years, maybe even early 20s, you know, it was tough to get over the biasness you had in your head because that's your guy after all, you know, um, and boxing can break your heart, you know, um, when your fighter loses, especially if it's brutal. Um, but those, it just seems like those were so much easier to pick out now. Now you see media members, part-time media members, and just Twitter accounts based off getting engagement and this robbery shit. A close fight can't be a robbery. Now, you could say it's a scorecard robbery, and I gave the example of uh, Canelo and Golovkin the first fight, 10-2. to 2. That is a fucking ridiculous one. But I don't, like I said, I, I also don't think Golovkin won 10 rounds either, like Teddy Atlas said on ESPN. So, to me, it's just, like I said, I, I think Golovkin won the first fight, okay? I'm not saying he didn't. But to me... It just gets so old. Like I said, we got this, you know, matchup of top five fighters at the weight class. It's for lineal. The shit turned out better in the ring than I thought it would. Most people would say that. And sure enough, what are we fucking complaining about? We're complaining about one scorecard. 
that was eight to four, okay? And like I said, I couldn't give eight rounds to either guy, all right? I, I don't think you can be 100% sure and go, those are eight rounds. It's tough to get the seven for both guys where you're just completely like, nope, seven easy. It's just a matter of if it's eight or nine or something like that. I think you can get to six for both guys, right? Or, or five, maybe five rounds, I should say. And then there's two. I mean, anytime there's two or three, I've heard people say there was multiple swing rounds. Once you're in the, the, the third swing round, that tells you it's a close fight. And not only that, but on your scorecards, if you're highlighting it or putting a question mark or circling it, and there's two of them, let's say, I think the fair thing to do, if you, if you really don't know, swing it both ways then, pause. You know what I'm saying? Like, go swing one to Loma, swing one to Haney. It's not that difficult. And like I said, this is a prime example, okay? And I know it's sacrilegious to talk about this, but it's a prime example where if you literally – I've seen people say, there, like, there was three or four swing rounds. Well, then there's a 10-10 round in there someplace. It's a competitive round. You know, it brings the scorecards tighter, and it becomes more fair. I'm not saying you have to score it like that every single fight. But when you're watching or scoring, let's say, anywhere from – Six to eight, if you watch some weekends, this weekend coming up, shit, you, I mean, you can literally 20-plus fights, right? And I just think people are so afraid of that. But, yeah, here we are talking about what was a very competitive fight, which was a fun fight, very debatable, but we're going this way with it. You know, it's crazy, man. And you wonder, you know, people. People always say, oh, they're afraid to lose their O. Well, look how you fucking treat people after they lose, dude, or, or, you know, are in a tight fight. Like I said, if you have Loma winning, I'm not sitting there judging you, okay? I happen to score at a draw or Haney, 6-5-1, but that's just my scorecard. I, I said right away, 7-5, 6-5-1, or 6-6, six, six, I, I was fine with after I heard that Haney, you know, after they announced it. I would have been fine with any of that. Now, if it was 7-5, to five, I kind of wish it would have been a draw, you know. Then at least we'd have debatable, this is why I think he won. This is, But I could see it, you know. I really wish it was a draw, to be honest with you. But in the end, it is what it is. Um, we will talk about um, some of the undercard fights. Nakatani, highlight reel knockout. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. We, there was some interesting stuff there. Taylor uh, Cameron was a very, you know, spirited fight. Taylor in another <laughs> fun fight. I did think Cameron won that cleanly, though. And then, of course, we'll look towards this weekend. And, man, you know, I feel your pain, UK. This weekend, triple header. And I'm not talking about on one card. I'm talking about three separate. It's like an a, a extravaganza. I mean, this shit is Lee Wood, Mauricio Lara, part two. That's going to be on the zone. Uh, Luis Alberto Lopez and Michael Conlon. I'm kind of looking forward to that fight the most this, this weekend, to be honest with you, um, just because we don't have an outcome. Um, ESPN Plus, I don't know where the Akoli Billiam Smith is available at this point. I don't believe it's on ESPN Plus. Uh, but, yeah, and then DAZN has a card, too, um, as far as U.S. that we'll get into, Ro- Roca and Young. We'll get into it just in general. 
Um, and yeah, by the way, I'm already getting messages. Paulie Malinaji, uh floated a rumor that as of right now has not been proven to be true. He said that top rank, you know, top rank uh, re-signed Haney, you know, two days before the fight or something like that. Well, that sounds like it's bullshit. Um, I'll go back on that if it turns out to be true. But the fighter himself, uh, Bill Haney, Bob Arum has already said it. Um, it just, it just, you just add to the conspiracy at that point. Okay. Oh, they re-signed it at the last second. He's he re-signed it. And you're gonna re, you're gonna sign for a fight, and then two days before the fight, you're gonna be like, yeah, I want to sign an extension. It's just weird. It's just weird, man. But yeah, he basically said out of his mouth the only reason, the only people that could score six rounds, uh, I guess you could say six and a half or seven rounds, are basically people that wanted to see the white person lose. That's what he said. Um, and then he added that other bullshit. So, uh, but that is bullshit. It does sound like that's a complete bullshit thing. Uh, as far as, you know, he resigned or whatever. And that's the funny thing. It's like, we keep hearing, oh, it's the Bob Arum special. It's like, okay, so why didn't Loma win then? I, it's just weird. It's like, you got to add to your, just because you thought you won the fight. Why are you adding shit, dude? Why are you adding stuff to it? It just, I don't know, man. But yeah, it's, it's, I just think that we're in the social media age now. And sometimes you just got to get off the thing and be like, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to see this shit anymore. It's funny. It's this, it's that. I kind of miss like actual old school troll accounts. Now it's like, there's so many troll accounts that aren't even that funny. Like I said, they're just getting a trying to get engagement one way or the other, whereas there's still some guys around or people around that are just funny as hell, and they're consistently with what they're going to criticize, and, and just it's funny. It's an actual troll. Now we just see so many of them, and it's media members, part-time media members. It just gets old, man. But we had a good competitive fight. Does it need a rematch? You know, I would be fine with a rematch. It definitely uh, – I talked about the gate doing it upwards of two to three million potentially. We don't have the gate number, but like exactly, but anything over two million in boxing is a damn good gate. So we'll see if there's any pay-per-view numbers that leak out. Um, I will say this: Bob Arum generally talks about his pay-per-views in the last few years. Um, he usually will talk about them as he's telling somebody else like Woodsy or somebody like that about somebody else's pay-per-view numbers that he probably doesn't even know, especially nowadays with, with the app involved. But he actually, when I think about it of late in the last chunk of years, he hasn't done a bunch of them, but he yeah, from the, from what I remember, he basically does say it. So we'll see. I'm hoping they're over 200,000, five, two fifty. That would be phenomenal, but we'll see. You know what I mean? Like I said, the gate was good. Uh, very good. I may add. So yeah, we'll get into that stuff in just a second. Um, we all, you know, we have the current fight news, and of course, we always end on the boxing Twitter segment. Got some doozies for that. If this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on BlogTalkRadio.com 
forward slash Rope Dope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope Dope and download the show there if you don't want to. You can check out the Rope Dope Radio platform on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, and a host of other places. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. Eastside Boxing and Phil Boxing. One more thing, get your TV together without the hassle of cable. Direct TV stream. Stream the best entertainment in sports with starting with 75 live channels. Uh, save $120 over your first year when you get any package and buy the direct TV streaming device. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus learn how to get premium channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today, direct TV stream. Okay. So, I mean, this is a tight fight, you know? And I, like I said, i got to reiterate, everybody's afraid of they, – they talk about three or four swing rounds, but nobody wants to do a goddamn draw round. It's just, it's just funny. It's really funny to me. And, and, you know, a lot of the people scream and robbery are obviously, low, you know, scored it for Loma, which I get. But um, – I've seen people say it was like seven to five Loma and he got robbed. It's like, dude, do you hear what's coming out of your mouth? You literally just said you scored it seven to five. Like I said, I personally can't see eight rounds for either guy. That's just my personal opinion. Eight rounds where you're just solid? Nah, I just can't see that. I just don't. I don't know which ones they were, eight full rounds. Uh, I just can't. I just can't see it now. Obviously, I did minorly six five one draw seven five to, to Haney. That was my scorecard, and I'll kind of take you through it. Uh, then we'll get John on here. I did give Haney three out of the first four rounds. Um, I thought Haney Haney had the the left hook um, with some pressure, and he actually landed the left hooks. To the, to the head first, and, of course, that right hand to the body. Um, there was, like, a late flurry. Um, a few punches landed. Lomachenko did land there a little late. Um, but overall, I didn't think he was getting much done through the first couple rounds, uh, first two rounds, I should say. Nice counter right hand. Just countering in general, in general, excuse me, I thought that was nice to see out of Haney. More jabs more body uh, shots with the right hand. Um, he did uh, – Lomachenko had Haney in the corner, just not for long. He landed a nice little combo, but he didn't have him in there long in the second round. Now, I gave Loma the third. Um, uppercuts and hooks to the body early for Haney and a counter right. But midway through, a big left hand, a flurry to the body. Uh, it seemed like Loma in the third round, was, and, and as the fight wore on, he was getting closer and closer to him, doing his two-punch combos, um, like back-to-back two-punch combos, a nice uppercut. I just thought he landed the heavier stuff overall. Um, so, you know, I, I just thought uh, I thought that was a pretty clean round there, uh, round four. I thought was competitive. Um, you know, I thought Haney, I scored it for Haney, but he was really competitive and I thought he stole the round, um, in the last little part, it was starting to get a little, you know, rough and tumble, like they used to say, um, in this round, it it did, they started kind of roughing each other up a little bit. Um, 
But yeah, those lead right hands coupled to the body, Lomachenko started in the, I'd say in the third and fourth round. Another thing about Lomachenko, he was able to start uh, having the jab of Haney miss. Um, I thought that was pretty key there. I gave the fifth to Haney. Uh, once again, right hands to the head and body, nice uppercuts. Midway through the, the fifth round, Loma landed some nice combos. Um, but Haney, you know, backed him up a couple times, came with the jab still in the body work. I was surprised how early that not just the body work, not just throwing other punches behind than just the jab, whether it's counter, lead, whatever, um, and pushing Loma back because that's the key thing you got to do. You got to keep – you got to make him on the – you know, go on the move. Um, sixth round, Haney was at range, uh, landed some uppercuts, kind of mixed it up with pressure and movement. Um, but I thought Loma – this is where Loma made his run, in my opinion. The, the seventh round, Loma started getting his jab going. Uh, landed a really nice left early, uh, two-way round, no doubt, but the better shots, huge left hand uh, by Loma in that seventh round. And like I said, I felt like this is where we started to see Loma kick it in, in a higher gear. The eighth round, right hooks, right when Haney was attacking, beautiful right hook, uh, left hands to the head. Um, I just thought he landed the better shots uh I think Haney closed the eighth round better, but I thought I thought Loma did you know most of his damage there already. He just got it done. The ninth round very competitive. Okay, um, two punch combos and probably cleaner shots uh, were from Loma. Um, jabs and left hooks. It was a swing round. Really, really, really late late right hand that. May have stole the round for Haney, but that ninth round for me is like a 10-10 type thing. Whichever guy you had it for, I get it. Loma had the 10th in the 11th. Uh, I think 60 or seconds. 60 or seconds. What the hell? 60 or 70 seconds is what I meant to say. Huge left hand and a bunch of short combinations land clutch for Loma. Um, beyond some moments. As far as, you know, a jab and right to the body, that was, for me, that was a Loma round. Same with the 11th. Big right hand early, followed it up with combinations, and then got close and and landed those short right hands as well. Um, The 11th was a really, I mean, not just the right hand with the hooks and whatnot, but the the jab. He was really landing his jab. And by that time, Haney wasn't active as much, you know. He wasn't punching as much. He was more kind of covering up. 12th round, very competitive. Two-way round, no doubt. Um, the last 60 seconds were very back and forth. Um, Loma, those quick combinations with his jab. Um, I think the right hand to the body and the counter left. Um, I, I, tight round, I gave it to Haney, but it was a tight round. Like I said, six six, six five one, maybe seven to five. Seven to five is max for either guy. I like I said, I kinda wish it would have been a draw to be honest with you. One sixteen, one twelve, two wide, two of them one fifteen, one thirteen. Loma did outland him one twenty four to one ten. Um he 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 threw 
more punches, 569 to 405. So 14 punches landed more when you threw 100 and uh, almost 150, well, 159 more. You know, I don't know. It's, it's like whatever you're into there, a little bit higher percentage uh, as far as power punches, the jab. Loma won the jab contest. Um, and then the body shots. Now, CompuBox doesn't do a great job with body shots, to be honest with you, like historically anyway. But when, you're, when your power shots are pretty close and your overall, you know, lands are close, to me, that body was kind of probably what put him over the top. Uh, the body work. And that was, you know, on paper anyway, 50 to 9. So even if that was like 45 to, tw- let's say, 20, that still would be a, a sizable one. So the body work for me, as consistent as it was, I think that helped out too. It was, it just kept coming. That probably did it for me. But like I said, if you have it 7 to 5, or, or maybe you do have an 8 to 4 for one of the guys, I don't know. It's just my opinion. I just don't see how you can competently um, have eight rounds for either guy. And like I said, it's tough to get to seven, like for sure, seven rounds. Like it's just a hands down. I just, it's tough, man. I got to admit, just looking through my scorecard, I, I didn't watch it a second time just yet. I haven't had time to. So basically three out of the first four rounds to Haney, but the fourth round for me was really close. Um, the fifth and the sixth, uh, I did give Haney. And then, like I said, that's where Loma went on his run. And the ninth round is one where I'm not sure, but seventh to 11. So that's five rounds, four out of those five, at least Loma won. Maybe he won the ninth. Like I said, it was really competitive. Um, and then I did give Haney the 12th. I think it's a little overdone as far as Haney, or I'm sorry, as far as, uh, Loma not just completely giving up the 12th round, I don't think that was accurate. I just didn't think he went for it. Um, now, you can also say, well, he didn't want to get caught with something. and Yeah, but, you know, I, I thought going in that round, I feel like you probably had to think you were down just off the first six rounds. I had it four to two, um, something like that. Five to one tops, four to two, I'm okay with. I didn't have it three, three. On the back end, it's 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 kind of the same. Like, I gave him the 7th and the 12th uh, confidently. But other than that, you know, 7 to 11, those favor Loma for the most part. So, really good fight. Like I said, a little bit better in the ring than I thought. I didn't think we'd get as many um, hard punches. You know, maybe a jab and a pot shot and maybe a lot of holding. And, and here's another thing. The, the punching with the free hand, I was really impressed with Devin Haney there because that's something he hasn't really shown. He's actually shown the opposite of holding too much and not getting anything done in there, whereas Loma's usually the crafty one there. Maybe the size did pay off there, but he did a great job there, I thought. And just fighting at closer range, I thought um, he was more comfortable than I had seen. Um, and another thing about like this whole Loma thing, Loma is older, right? But he's definitely not some sort of washed fighter. What we saw there, I'm not saying he's at the peak of his powers, okay? But he's not that far off. From what I saw out of him, he usually starts slow anyway. What I saw from him that night, 
that that win should count 100%. I mean, it, it's going to, but you know what I mean? We, I wouldn't look back at him and be like, yeah, but he was, he was over the hill. Loma was definitely over the hill. He didn't look his normal self. I didn't see that at all. I really didn't. Um, and had he have won that last round cleanly, like he did so many of the back half rounds, we would have had a draw. We would have had a draw. So, um, like I said, I understand, you know, Moretti's scorecard. Um, you know, I, I, I hear what people are saying with that. Um, didn't he score? Actually, let me double check it again. Wasn't there another round that was kind of shaky or was full on shaky? I can't remember. Um, and I want to reiterate, Moretti was, you know, he did, uh, they did, they did go against Moretti as far as, you know, they put in an appeal not to have him be the judge, and it didn't work out. Um, and just to make things straight here, as far as on paper, right, promoters can't approve. It, the commission approves. That's who – it's the, 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 the folks that have the last call when it comes to a ref, it, it 100% is the commission, Okay. Now, you can say the influence, if you have a, a named fighter who brings a lot of money into that said commission, that they would have an advantage there, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I get what you're saying. But, um, all right, let's see. So, Moretti scored. Okay, so he gave the 10th round, which most people are saying that the, that's, you know, that was Loma's best round. And then what was the other one? The what was the other one that people? Oh, the fourth. Somebody said the fourth too. The fourth was close. The fourth was close. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like I said, I I just can't get up in arms when it's a competitive fight. That's just not how I go about it. Um, but yeah, the, like I said, you can put in an appeal. But it's not like they're waiting on your okay, okay, I okayed it. Sign off, we'll do the fight. That's not how it goes. The commission puts up, puts forth the judges. Somebody puts an appeal. Sometimes the appeal goes through, and it, it's good to go. And they say, all right, we'll maneuver one. Here's here's a new judge. You know, would you have liked you know uh, a different, not three American judges? Sure. I think that's fair. Loma's fought here pretty much his whole career and has been a, a U.S.-based fighter on ESPN and gotten a lot of pub, I'll say that. But I get it. I get that. Now, you know, I would like to know who you thought from a different country should have came over here and done it. Um, bring me, you know, tell me some names and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I, I just – I don't. Know. I don't know how much more I can say. I just. I just. When it. When it's a tight fucking fight, man. It's. It's to, to sit here and scream robbery like this is the worst robbery ever. And then. And then. So he got robbed against Teofimo Lopez, and he got robbed against Haney. It's like guys. Like, doesn't the fighter have some responsibility? Like in the twelfth round, couldn't he have closed even stronger? Though, I mean, right? He could have. It would have earned him a draw in this fight. So. I don't know. And like I said, if you have it for Loma, I don't have a problem with that at all. Not one bit. Now, if you're talking about, you know, nine rounds or some shit like that, 
then I think you're biased as shit. Anybody saying nine, I mean, maybe you don't agree me agree with me on eight, and that's fine. But anybody saying nine rounds for either guy is like, come on, dude. How much money did you have on this shit? Um, I don't know. Anyway, I'll shut up. We'll talk about the undercarb. Uh, Murtaya, uh, what was it? Murtaya, that was nasty. Early stoppage, but that, he, he definitely bounced back. Oscar Valdez actually didn't look all that good against Adam Lopez, but we are hearing news about his next fight. So that's good. And then Nakatani, dude. Whew. That guy, there's some flaws in his game, and sometimes he, not sometimes, he, he does go try to just knock you out so much to where he ends up either giving away rounds or I'm not going to say play with his food because he, sure, he certainly didn't in the end, but that guy is really explosive, man. I really like watching Nakatani. And then, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about the U.K., you know, extravaganza and uh, go over the Taylor Cameron fight because that was a spirited fight too. Okay, I'll shut up. Let's go ahead and bring in John, great boxing mind here. What's going on? How you doing, sir? Chris, uh, enjoyed listening to you set things up, and uh, we have a lot to talk about this week. So, uh, yeah, no, no shortage of things to talk about this week. Well, you're not kidding. Um, real quick, just off top. What are you thinking about a rematch? Not to say, like, realistically if it's going to happen or anything, but well, why don't you just give your, you know, how about I, I, I said I was going to shut up too, John. Okay, so why don't you just give your take on it, and then, then we'll talk about rematch and what, what's next and all that stuff. My take, Chris, is, is largely like yours, so I'm going to pick, uh, pick up where you left off. I mean, you know, I thought Haney, you know, won a close fight. To me, this is the controversy that's no controversy. I mean, uh, you know, agree with you, too. I mean, you know, in a close fight like this, I mean, you know, if, if you thought Lomachenko won it, fine. But but no robbery. There's, there's no controversy here. And I totally agree with you, you know, about when the social media age. And, and I'm okay with that. But I don't even think I have to necessarily blame it on the social media age. But what's being said, I totally agree with you. And, and that's where – we've had some deterioration. I don't even know if it has to do with social media. I think it's almost like, you know, you're losing objectivity standards, just like you're saying of, you know, people who are supposed to be media members or part-time media members, and they throw their opinions all over everything and their biases. And, and, you know, there's not even like any guys reporting. Just again, like you said, we've pointing out for weeks now, I think you got to emphasize this. It's actually good for boxing as a whole, but it's it's amazing to me, again, in a way that's good for boxing as a whole, that, look, Kings now has got the main sponsorship on fights coming up on DAZN, on Top Rank, on Showtime. They're all over the ring. You know, their ads are all over. And so, you know, we follow this on social media. So you've got – we see this in real time. And, and you even see it with like some of these media members, like you said, or part-time media members, like, you know, they're looking at a Lobachenko at a plus 200 or whatever, and, and they're picking them before the fight. And when, when they think they're going to get a payoff at plus 200 and no, no scorecards are announced, they're not happy. They don't care if the fight was close. They're, they thought they were going to cash in a payday and they didn't get to cash it. They want to lynch Dave Moretti, you know, um, you know, so 
I could veer off into that for a second. So, and, you know, we've been talking about this for weeks, too, and with these boxing, quote-unquote, controversies, and it's not that boxing doesn't have them, but what starts to bother me a lot, just along the lines like you're saying with the social media is, you know, I've seen people now who you think would be reasonably intelligent and are threatening to prove me wrong. Like there's just no logic whatsoever. So like, like let's look at the Moretti thing for a second. Like the Loma fanboys really, like you said, and you're right. And, and, you know, it's with other fighters too, not just Loma or, you know, you could, you could pick them out, you know, see, see them for all different fighters, but it's what they're behaving like. So in a corner into they're going to take a round that Dave Moretti scored and, you know, where most people thought Lomachenko won the round. And, and the implication is that because that occurred, there's something sinister when even if we changed that one round for Moretti, his card still would have had Haney winning the fight at the same score that the other two judges had it at. So because one round, I mean, even if it's a round that people thought Lomachenko won, so that happens, that means sinister conspiracy, yet when he scored Canelo, Golovkin won for Golovkin, then he was a hero. Then there was no calls for Lynch, Dave, Moretti. And, you know, right. you can say what you want about me, but I, I've stuck by it the whole time. I'm sick by it the whole time. I thought Canelo won a close fight there, and I thought draw was not a robbery. Remember, the fight was scored a draw. It wasn't a Canelo win. The fight was court a draw, you know. So uh, they didn't give the decision to Canelo. It was a draw. So, you know, that, that was supposed to be – then Moretti was a hero. But then, you know, when in, in – And two, I wish that scored, one scorecard did actually have it a draw, too, because then it would have made it a draw. But you're right. That's a good point. He was the hero yeah. at that point. He was the clear mind at that point. But then in two, in two, when he scored it for Canelo – then he wasn't cool anymore. <laughs> you know, then it was, oh, uh, Golovkin can't get a fair, can't get a fair shot. And, and Chris, you saw this fight like I did, even though everybody agreed Canelo won. I mean, in, then in GGG Canelo three, there was just wacky scorecards giving triple G rounds in that fight when he looked like garbage. And I told you Golovkin fans were walking out of the theater that I was in. So getting back to Saturday night, the point is, you know, like, what, what, I'm like, like, like you would say, I'm like, dude, what are you trying to tell me with this Moretti round thing? You know, so, again, th- just like we went over with the Roley, but this is where I'm questioning people's intelligence. I have to. Like, not that boxing's never had corruption, but let's face it, where the corruption has been with boxing has been directly with the alphabets. And, you know, that's been proven. It's promoters playing ball with the alphabets and stuff. And some of these same people – that are criticizing commissions and Dave Moretti, they're apologists for the alphabet 365 days a year because they write articles about them and it's an easy article to write about some nonsense. The WBO is ordering this fight or, you know, the the WBC is going to have an interim title fight. So, you you know, nobody can explain to me exactly what the conspiracy is and who did it. Like you said, Malinagy just, spouting wacky stuff, you know, it's always a shame when I hear him, you know, just, just spouting nutty things, which he just constantly does now. You just have to say it. I mean, I used to like the guy's analysis, but I'm with you and, and everybody else who criticizes him, you know, 
I could diverge for another moment. It's kind of like you're a boxer who is a boxing analyst. Stay away from social commentary. You know, Elon Musk, you, you want to build rockets uh, and electric cars. That doesn't make you a social commentator. You know, right. there, are people, there are people who study those types of things. doesn't mean everybody doesn't have the right to opinion. You know, we're the United States of America. I'm with that. I get all that. But, like, you know, stay, some of these people, you know, stay, you know, don't open your mouth and get into social commentary. You know, you're, you're, you're underqualified to be talking about that. So, you know, we're seeing all kinds of crazy stuff bubble up. And really, it's like no controversy. I think you're right. I think the betting has intensified it. I think um, exactly what you opened up with, too. I think, you know, you used to have, like, where you would have media members at, at least who had to try to kind of fi- follow, like, a, you know, a, a code of journalistic ethics. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean they always did or you didn't have corruption and things. You know, you've always had that throughout history, and you're always going to have some of it. But, but it's like at least you know, crying where you're supposed to hold to something. Now you've got all these freelancers and, you know, they're, they're not held to like some editor who's holding them to some code of your know, journalistic ethics, or they went to journalism school. You know, we're not dealing with any of that. You know, we're not dealing with any of that anymore. You know, that with what we see. So, and, you know, I'm not saying people can't have opinions and integrity otherwise, but these are all the problems that lead to what we saw because I'm with you all the way. I, I just think when, you know, when there's a close fight and, could have gone to either guy reasonably. I mean, that's what reasonable people should be saying. There was no robbery here. There, there's, you know, what? Tell me what the sin is. You know, and then these guys that say it, but then they won't go in detail and just say who did it. You know, well, who, right. who did the sinister plan? You know, tell me. Exactly be like, it's how obvious. It it's obvious. It's like okay, so say it. Right, right. That's what happens. I mean, you know, like even when, like, because, you know, some people don't like him and stuff, but, you know, I always, like, generally, like, liked him, but, like, when Teddy Atlas does that now, too, I mean, I'm with you, like, like, I still like, I like a lot of things about Teddy, but, like, when he does that, and, like, but what, Teddy, what was the, you know, what, what was the controversy about this, like, in terms of what was, what was the sinister plan, who did it, you know, like, how, what, what was their objective, why did they take the risk? In other words, you know, we're still in the United States of America, too, and not everybody gets caught. But look, you know, do, do you want the FBI coming for you? I mean, look, 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 this is what people are really, like, saying that, you know, like, these are the chances they're supposedly taking. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're, you're, you're taking the shot. You know, you're, you're going you're gonna to take, take that chance that the feds are going to come for you because you, you want Roley Romero to have a WBA 140-pound belt or – you know, you you promote Devin Haney and Vasil Lomachenko, but you you think Haney should win this one? I mean, you know why? Why? I mean, you know sometimes it might be a little different. I mean, we we've known there have been trials, you know, where they paid the alphabets for ratings. I mean, you know, Don King paid the ring in the seventies. I mean, we know that's happened with ratings. Um, so you know, and, and and people have been caught too. There, you know, there's been there's been trials there's been deals uh but you know where's this paid judge you know where's this paid judge incident i mean we did see an outrageous card with you know michael fox and my which people kind of mostly forgot about you know you can't get any worse than that that one and that but that was the alphabets you know that was the alphabets getting into the mix again you know there's a common there's a common theme here so this was 
lineal. I mean, you know, this was lineal. Um, Haney, the true champion. That's what I like about this. There's no dispute. Some people don't like it, but I think, and I don't care about it with all these alphabet belts, too many weight classes, too many belts, but like a fight like this, you know, where Haney's the real lightweight lineal champ, and, you know, there I, I think, and I've said why in the past, I think that old adage about you got to take the title, I, I think with real titles like that, it, I, I always thought it did apply, you know, when you had, you didn't have all these belts and everything all over the place, because, you know, you don't want a challenger going in as like a spoiler, you know, not, not you know, not just kind of trying to almost like stink it out. I'm not saying Lomachenko did that here, but, but there is, there, there was like a policy to that, so to speak, you know, kind of an unwritten policy where, you know, and, and fighters used to fight more, you know, you don't want challengers coming in and, you know, just trying to, trying to stink it out and, and seeing if they get lucky on the scorecards, you know, you know, they got to show that, that, you know, they're taking that title. They're, they're, they're the rightful champ, you know, that kind of thing. doesn't mean you have to win a, a ton more rounds or something like that, but I mean, you know, you better be winning enough rounds clearly and, and put some hurt on the champ. And, you know, that's almost like where Lomachenko fell a little short here. I mean, kind of the way they did it was a little differently than I expected. I mean, Haney, to his credit, had a little bit of a different attack than I would have expected in some of this fight. And the surprise for me with Lomachenko was you don't win a fight on punch stats, but just I do like looking at things like this for how the fighters fall and compared to other fighters in the division. You know, as you point out, you know, Lomachenko did throw more here than Haney. That surprised me. doesn't mean he won the fight, but for the people that, we're making a case for him. I mean, he, he, he did throw more, did land a little more. And that, that, that depends on what round. I mean, you know, you don't score a fight just by CompuBox. But, but just looking at things, you know, that's like the data now, like what, what surprised me a bit. But, like, the part that happened the way I suspect him and, you know, was talking about going in was, you know, Lomachenko losing early. You know, you could expect that. Really, because, you know, I was going back to – I mean, even when he had that first alphabet belt shot against Salido, and I've always said this, you can listen to old podcasts, things I've tweeted. I mean, I always felt in that fight, if Lomachenko would have started earlier in that fight, I think not only would he have won, I think he would have taken Salido out. I mean, I think he, he had even at three fights in, yeah. he was that superior in the skill level, but he started way late in that fight. And we didn't know then in the third pro fight, but then, you know, in the Lopez fight, started, didn't do anything until after six. And then, like this fight, did not do anything in the 12th and enough to win. Um, he did that in this fight. So, you know, he, he, he we have seen this in his bigger fights where, you know, he, he starts – he starts late. I mean, you know, really is something with the guy now. I mean, he's getting older. Like you said, 35, he doesn't look shot or anything. You can't, you got to be fair to him. You can't say a 35-year-old lightweight is, is in his prime. I mean, there's no way, even if he's fighting effectively, so he's not. But he, he's still fighting effectively. But this goes back. You know, we, we've seen this with him before. And, you know, I thought he would have to put hurt on Haney doing that. You know, he, he put himself in that position to some degree, again, picked it up more than the Lopez, but he still put himself somewhat in that position and did come on strong, came on very strong against Lopez, very strong against Salido. But I thought against Haney, you know, not hurt him a little bit. He was going to then, when he came on, he was going to really have to hurt him. And I didn't think he could do that. And he really didn't do that just, just a bit, but not, you know, he didn't drop him. 
he didn't have him on the verge of going or something like that. And also when you're talking robbery, sometimes you're looking for that type of a thing unless there's a massive outvoluming of the other fighter. And, you know, Lomachenko didn't get that here, and he did throw more punches, but – you know, wasn't mad. You know, he he didn't outland them by some massive number, and and he, he threw quite a fit, quite a few more, but it wasn't like one of those. I mean, you know, what it was about a hundred, which is you know a decent amount, but when you take it over ten rounds, um, threw more, but it wasn't a massive amount more, and didn't land a massive amount more. But but it did surprise me. I thought Haney, as the younger guy, uh, should have outvolumed him. That was just one criticism of Haney. But, you know, that's the thing when you're in with good defensive fighters. I mean, you know, a lot of people's output dropped against Floyd Mayweather. And, you know, you'd say, well, why wasn't this guy throwing more? Well, it's hard with with a good defender. And, you know, that's going to cut down on Lomachenko's volume against Haney, too. Um, but, you know, I did think – but I did think Haney, you know, did did end up earning the decision in a tight in a tight fight. So I'm with you all the way. I feel like this is like a manufactured controversy. Um, you know, and, and I got to say this too, Chris, again, with the people not using logic, I've said this a lot now, but you got to say it again because it's so comical. And it's so absurd that then you get, you get the, the Lomachenko tweeters saying the people that I saw, you know, online or, or that I talked to had Lomachenko winning by a vast majority. Yeah. All the same people we saw tweet out, before the fight, I'm picking Lomachenko in the upset. <laughs> you know, all, all those same people. Or I literally saw these same people, the same people I saw two days before the fight, saying Haney acted like a jerk. He pushed Lomachenko. Right. I hope that dude loses. He had it for Lomachenko. So instead of Dave Moretti and the other judges, I'm supposed to believe that guy? I'm supposed to believe the guy that said he wants Lomachenko to win before the fight. I don't like Haney. He, he's the guy I'm supposed to believe instead of the three judges. I've said this before, too. People use logic. It doesn't mean there can't be corruption and biases. All humans have biases. But what we don't say enough about these judges is at least they're supposed to be following some kind of a code when they go in there last Saturday night and score the fight. They're supposed to be following some kind of standards. The guy on Twitter or even the guy sitting in the arena, he has no standards. He can be drinking a beer. He can love love Lomachenko and hate Haney. He can love Haney and hate Lomachenko. He can be talking to his girlfriend on the phone, scrolling scrolling at pics during the fight, taking selfies during rounds. I mean, there's no criteria that that person's being held to. You know, Nelly – Tweeted, Nelly didn't like the decision, you know. What I mean? So I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to change my opinion because Nelly, Nelly thought Lomachenko won. Right, know? right, do right. I, do I know what Loba, Do I know what Nelly put down on the fight on Lomachenko? I mean, you know. And so yeah, I, I was mean, waiting all along, just like waiting for his response, and I'd be like, okay, now I know who won the fight. Thank God. Right. I mean, you know, Dana White's going to chime in now. Dana White doesn't have an agenda. I mean, you know, like, I mean, all these people, it's just, it's it's really, it, it's, this is one of the biggest, like, non-controversy controversies I can remember. Uh, just because people don't want to accept just a close fight that could go either way. 
And, and Chris, one thing I got to say is like too about you know the swing around thing. This is why I don't get as animated about these as I used to either, unless I see something really egregious. Because what we do have to talk about is what you're saying about the even rounds and stuff. People got away from having even rounds. I mean, I don't even get as adamant about my own scorecards as I used to because you know I, I'm going to say like you know I, I do agree with like you were pointing out. Some people were saying you know you get fights like this. I mean there might be four or five rounds that could go either way. And then if you give them all to, if you're not scoring the even rounds and you give them all to Haney or you give them all to Lomachenko, people, you're, people are saying you're crazy. But when you're forcing yourself to call a winner in rounds, I mean, in theory, you don't have to go every other round to the guy. And I think that's what a lot of people do. So there's cards end up close because, you know, if, if you really weren't doing that, a lot of people then, like with a fight like Saturday night, you actually would have more lopsided scorecards. Like when people were like saying, well, all, I thought all those rounds were close, but I gave them all to Lomachenko, or I thought they were all close and I gave them all to Haney. But people don't come up with those because they want their card to reflect, you know, how competitive the fight was. So, you know, that's, that's just all these things you get when you get subjective scoring. But I think one way to take that out of it would be getting back to more even rounds. You either do that or you make a more liberal use of the 10-point must system the other way where, you know, if somebody really is around but there's no knockdown, that's a 10-8. And then maybe if they dominate and they have a knockdown, it's a 10-7. Two knockdowns, maybe it's a 10-6. And then you're having more even rounds, something like that. But if we're going to keep doing it like we've kind of unofficially been doing for a couple of decades now where you're really not scoring even rounds and just a knockdown, no matter how dramatic or not dramatic or uh, substantive it is, you're making a 10-8 for one knockdown, 10, you know, 10-7-2, with the exception of the Davis-Garcia card, which came out of nowhere. I mean, I mean and that was raised, which I got to admit, that did come out of nowhere, but you know, in the old way of using the 10-point must system, you, you could do that. But we had not been seeing that for decades. Um, but, you know, then the commissions are going to have to have their judges, you know, if you're going to make any changes like that, to get everybody on the same page and you have to stick with it. And that's always been a problem. So some of this boxing, you know, you're, you're just going to have a, it's a subjective sport, and especially where we're scoring it. Um, we, you know, the amateurs tried the punch count system. That doesn't work. That was a disaster. It was terrible. Uh, I think it was Cliff Rold always said it was like fencing, which was the best description of it. Um, terrible doesn't work. So um, I'd say just take it as like we've been saying, you know, if you got a fight that could have gone either way, it's not the time to scream robbery. That's just the way it is. Um, you know, save that for the real robberies. Uh, you know, and that's that's just the way it's it's going to be. And you know, fighters, you know, that's that's where you got to go for a knockout if you want to take it into your own hands. Sure, it's not easy, but uh, that's part of it. Rematch. Um, you know, some people they think it's cool to say, "Well, we don't care about pay-per-view numbers." I have no qualms about saying I do care about pay-per-view numbers. I've said it a lot for a lot of reasons. This type of fight's a perfect example because it was a close fight, but I think it's you know, being fair to Haney, it, it it almost might come down to what the pay-per-view numbers were for this one. Because, like you said correctly, Chris, I mean, Lomachenko's been fighting in the U.S. He lives in Los Angeles. I mean, he's gotten relatively, you know, he, he actually, you know, for this era, he's had some fights on ESPN where he's gotten some really good numbers. So, 
you know, let's not forget that too. It's not like Top Rank was going to be looking to throw Lomachenko, you know, overboard. Uh, this guy's gotten some good numbers. You know, he goes back to the HBO days. Um, so I want to see what the pay-per-view numbers is are because Haney did have a dance partner here too. You know, with Lomachenko because of those numbers. So. You know, yeah. you you know, if if it did really well, relatively speaking, you know, then if I'm Haney looking at this, top rank, Lomachenko, of course, is going to want it. Yeah, go with the rematch. But the numbers weren't that good because you know I thought Haney was kind of trending up with his ESPN numbers, not quite as good as Stevenson, but close. But I would say then if this didn't sell, um, you know, he had a good dance partner in Lomachenko. Then I might say, like, well, Stevenson's on the higher trajectory. Um, you know, maybe Haney's going to look and have to look into an, another direction uh, because, you know, then, you know, maybe then him and Stevenson could be big. Um, but, you know, I think if this did well for this era of boxing, then, yeah, go, go with the rematch. To, for me, it, it would come to that. But if this didn't do that good and then you're going to say, let's do it again, I'd say no. You know what? Lomachenko, I think even at lightweight, people talk, you know, I think they're overanalyzing like, well, maybe he should drop some weight and things like that. No, he just had a close fight with Haney. Haney might go up to 140 pounds. I don't even think you have to worry about the alphabet stuff. I mean, Lomachenko's built quite a bit of a name. Like you said, Chris, he's still effective even at 35. I mean, you know, we've seen stranger things happen. I mean, you know, look, Stevenson's going to want, you know, if he doesn't fight Haney next, he's going to want to, you know, have have a significant fight. Um, I'm not saying this would happen, but, you know, in a way we have seen crazier things. I mean, maybe maybe after having a crossover, you know, maybe Tank and his people look at it and say, like, well, you know, maybe Lomachenko's, you know, he's still effective, but he's lost just a little bit. And, and pe- there's a lot of people screaming he, he beat Haney. You know, maybe this guy has some. You know, maybe this guy has some appeal as opponent. I mean, you and I both agree. I think the Isak Cruz rematch would be an easier in-house, better seller. But and I don't even just say better seller. I, I shouldn't say that. But I mean, like for PBC in-house, it might be a, a better yeah, I know what you're money. Yeah. So, um, but I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think like Lomachenko's out of this thing. I, and I'm just even talking about money-making fights. Like, I don't think he's out of this lightweight thing as much as I've seen people seem to think the last couple of days, unless he gets a rematch. Um, so I don't see that that way. Um, and I think for Haney, his team, you probably look at the pay-per-view numbers here. If the pay-per-view numbers were, were really solid, you probably go re you probably do then go rematch here and figure you can beat him again. Um, and, you know, you're looking at a possibly really big Stevenson fight on the horizon. Um, so I, I would, I would think that's, where that goes i want to see i do hope espn puts out these pay-per-view numbers you make a good point about aram uh, we know he's a boxing promoter who said you know i was lying yesterday today the truth but but you're right like for whatever reason it does seem like he slipped out with more realistic pay-per-view numbers even sometimes there's a delayed reaction about his own events which haven't been that many like you said on espn so i don't know how quick he would say it but but maybe if we listen carefully, we'll, we'll hear Aram say it. Uh, because that's the thing with the streaming in this situation. I mean, you know, Disney and ESPN, they know exactly how many people bought that pay-per-view. You know, they know it right now. That's the thing with streaming, whether it's music, buys, 
you know, when, when you're when you're dealing with these, you know, exclusive streaming type things, I mean, they 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 know right now as we're speaking how many people bought that fight. So um, it's just a matter of is it going to come out? Sometimes you get these, you know, observers on the business end, you know, carefully like you know. You know, when Disney comes out with an annual report or something, someday you, you know you're going to get maybe an idea how that how that did too, or or something like that. So uh, I just hope we get it sooner. Like you know, that that would be good. I I think for me, this is one of the reasons I care about pay per view numbers. I think in this case, it's going to have a lot to do with whether there's going to be a rematch or not. So you know, for people who claim they don't care, you should. You know, I'm going to say the opposite. I think you should care. So. Uh, it's going to determine who fights who, but yeah, that that was my take on the um, on the big uh, main event from last week. Yeah, and you know, I did think we saw Haney take it up a notch a little bit with some of the inside uh, free hand stuff. He was countering more. He was going to the body, body more. He wasn't just trying to jab his way to a win. I like how, right. how he went up a notch, and now we got five fights in a row, all twelve rounds. He is experienced. His pedigree there, he's ready to go. Like, I mean, this guy's had some good fights. I know the Cambosis, uh, the reason why I bring it up is because, you know, it's still 12 round of championship, you know, for the lineal or whatever. But he did fight a little bit different in both fights. And uh, the adversity he had, you know, with Lenars and Diaz, if you really look at these last five fights, it's like, what is he, 24? I mean, he's, he's really. 24. Yeah, and we've just seen. And you know, he has a, another thing too up. now. Even though he got hurt with Bonaris, and they were trying to say, "Oh, wait, Lomachenko stung him." You know, now he's getting in enough big fights too, where you know a little opposite's happening than you might have suspected. Like, right, he hasn't he hasn't been down yet either. So you know, I, I start looking at that when a guy then you know he's starting to get in these bigger fights, and, and you know, sometimes people, you know, they can surprise you like that. You know, look at. You know, Floyd Floyd Mayweather ended up never getting dropped. You know, Marvin Hagler had one controversial knockdown. You know, really wasn't really kind of got cuffed by Roldan. You know, you know, um, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard in his you know first incarnation before he had the initial retirement with the eye. You know, he he wasn't getting dropped. Um, you know, in other words, you start seeing that from these great fighters. You know, Canelo's never been down yet. Uh, so. You know Haney. You know now he's now, like you said. You know Cambosos twice, Lomachenko. Uh, you know even if you're saying, oh well, how big a puncher are these guys? But still, he's you know he's, he's getting bigger fights, more rounds. He has, he, of course, he's very good defensively, but he's not down. But yeah, he did his game did uh, was more way more versatile in this fight than I expected going in. And, and I'm with you. You know he, he's like an old school. You know when you look at how good guys like Leonard. And, and, you know, Hagler were at those younger ages and how it used to be back then more. Um, you know, but that, that's one thing that's kind of surprising that, that you know, you think nowadays getting younger, but it's kind of reversed in boxing like other sports would be the younger guys. Um, but, you know, Haney's like a throwback like that. Yeah, he's 24. You know, he's been in these big fights. He's the lineal lightweight champion. So I, I agree with, you know, I agree with you, Chris. He's, he's on the upward trajectory he he really did his job there i mean you know i thought he won the fight close but hey you know he, he's the champ got by kept his kept his lineal title um you know recognized by ring transnational all the alphabets so he, he's got it all there kept that that's like a true old school defense he's got two of those now you know the cambosos rematch and lomachenko so all good for him and and lomachenko like you said 
a good showing at 35 years old. And then, like I'm saying, I don't think he's out of this lightweight thing as much as people are making out. And I don't even mean just with the rematch with Haney. So I think his camp probably will look at that and say, no, we we got enough going on here uh, at lightweight potentially. You know, we'll, we'll hang around and make some more money. So I think he'll be okay there. Um, and I think whether they fight again probably will come down to these pay-per-view numbers. Yeah, you're right. I think that is true because, um, yeah, it kind of matters. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Matchroom is going to be trying to throw some money uh, his way. Um, I, I think there's a potential that PBC and Showtime could do that, and that's numbers too, right? I mean, I think that they – that if it does do 200, 225, 250, whatever the hell, right – Whatever, over 170,000 is usually like, I think the report was 4 million and 3 million. So 7 million in purses. Now that's obviously a report, so we don't know that to be a fact. But even if it's in that ballpark, you know, if it makes money, 170, 180, like that's where they put uh, Benavides plant, that's a lot more than people think. And it, and, it, and it turns Haney into an A-side slash perfect B-side for Gervonta, you know? So I, I wonder if, like you said, if he'll already have a bidding war, but if they are over 200000 man, I don't know. It'd be hard-pressed not, like you said, for Bob to want to say, hey, let's do this thing again, because ESPN didn't even really get behind it that much. Really, right. you know? They've actually gotten behind other fights and maybe that's why because they lost money and they just thought we're not gonna you know advertise during uh the the nba basketball playoffs and stuff like that and i get it i get that you know because they haven't made money on their pay-per-views but i do think for sure that they would be all about it i think you're right there and and, and, but also like i said matchroom and and i mean if i'm tank side right now i i would i would definitely look and be looking to I mean obviously he's not looking to do anything right now but for 90 days I guess a little less than 90 days now but come December or whatever I I think they should get him now I, I think it's the best time to get him um and, and it's for the lineal it's for everything forget all the belts it's for the lineal so um you know and we'll see now that Mayweather's not fully out of the picture obviously but as far as Mayweather calling the shots on, well, he's not going to fight Lomachenko. That was a big thing that he put out there to the public. This isn't uh, hearsay. He didn't want him to fight Lomachenko. He wanted to move Gervonta, and they moved him a certain way. And speaking of rounds and quality fighters, now he's fought enough people to where he's ready for anything. And, we'll, and there's no point in holding them back. I mean, you're not going to go fight to fight to fight to fight. We get that part. But, man, I mean, a tank, you know – Haney to close out the year, that would be so big. So we'll see. We'll definitely see. Um, any notes from the undercard at all? Um, you know, they're, like I said, uh, Nakatani did his thing. He does kind of hunt for knockouts a little too much at times, gave up some rounds or whatever, but ultimately he, you know, he didn't play with his food enough. He, he definitely got it, um, or too much, I should say, not enough. Uh, Murataya. Like I said, a lot of people uh, saying it was an early stoppage, but he looked pretty good in that short time. And I, 
I didn't think Oscar Valdez looked all that great against uh, Adam Lopez. I didn't think he looked horrible, but I didn't think he looked all that great. Um, and then, you know, I don't know if you saw, you know, Taylor, Cameron, a- any other items before we get into what's going on this weekend. Yeah, uh, Taylor Cameron, I did did see that. Um, very impressive performance by Chantel Cameron. I, I thought she clearly won that fight. Now, that, you know, that's one to me that was – I just thought that was clear. I mean, very, very impressive performance. A lot of good power punching by her, aggression. Um, just looked really good. I, I thought it was just absolutely a clear win for her and an impressive performance. And then the, the Haney-Loma undercard, yeah, I, I like – I thought Nakatani's – power punching at 115 pounds compared to some of what we've seen lately was refreshing. Um, that stood out to me. I think he's a big factor there because he, he's punching with more authority than a lot of those guys who are even highly regarded that we've seen at that weight lately. And uh, that, that makes him, uh, makes him very dangerous. Uh, you know, I think, you know, not, and I'm not saying just because like Maloney, I, I'm not, trying to overrate Maloney there but like the way Nakatani was fighting there and he's undefeated and, and the hurt he was putting on Maloney who was game in the fight uh, he, he, he did come to try to win uh, so you know credit to Maloney there but that, that was impressive power punching not just the, the knockout you know which will probably be KO of the year but you know if you saw the fight I mean you know in the 11th round they were thinking about not letting Maloney out probably shouldn't have. I mean, he was already getting hurt badly. He'd been down. Um, so, you know, to me, even though the punch itself was a classic, you know, knockout of the year where he took out Maloney, really the lead up to it to me wasn't classic because, you know, Maloney was already in bad shape. Like, you know, you know what I mean? It wasn't like one of those knockouts of the year that you're normally looking at where you get that one shot in the middle of the fight like that or, it's even on the scorecards late or something like that. I mean, you know, Maloney was getting beat up. The fight arguably should have been stopped the round before, you know, as the 11th ended. Yeah, and you're right. Like, or the corner boom, should have stopped. done something, something, because that was, yeah, good call. Yeah, corner told him, okay, we're going to let you out. Now you got you got to go after him and get on top of him. You know, I mean, that and poor Maloney trying to follow the advice of the corner getting caught like that. That was, you know, that, that part of it was kind of ugly. Um, I know hindsight's, you know, the old hindsight's twenty twenty, but, you know, that fight, you were like, okay, maybe we've, we've seen enough here. And, I mean, to have him go out that way, then in 12th, I mean. But, you know, Nakatani had shown that power, at, you know, at different times in the fight. That's what's impressive. Like, it wasn't like either, like, he just showed that only in – you know, in the 12th, he, he had, he had shown that before that in the fight. So, uh, impressive performance by him. I think probably even a little underrated. I think that was enough of a showing of fireworks by Nakatani where people should be saying, Hey, you know, th- this guy might be a threat, you know, might be a threat to anybody there. Uh, you know, I, a couple of people were saying that, but not like the majority. And I, I think it, it was kind of one of those showing. So, and he did it in the U S on regular ESPN, that's where you really help yourself in the boxing world. So um, that was big for him. I'm with you all the way. You know, really, to tell you the truth, 
I mean, go back to early on in the HBO days. Really, I, relatively speaking, Oscar Valdez is like never impressed me. He, he looked, you know, he, he looked good against Burchell, and that's one I got to say to myself. I, I probably overrated Burchell a little bit going into yeah. that fight. And, you know why I say that is because I kind of got fooled. Like, you know, when he was fighting limited guys like Miura or and Vargas, and you know, you know, those were action fights, but but like. In those fights, like, Burchell looked like the better boxer. You know what I mean? Well, he was, but it was who he was fighting. Like, what I'm saying is this: that's a case where I've got to give credit to some other knowledge of people who, going into Valdez, Burchell, um, they weren't that impressed with Valdez either, but they were like, job, you know, Burchell, he, he, can't, he can't defend anything. You know, he, he's got no defense. He's already been taking a lot of shots. And I was like, well, he, you know, he looks like he's been boxing a little more. But, yeah, against that limited opposition. And, you know, he got poleaxed by Valdez. He made and he Valdez was so look big like for the boxing. weight class, too. You know, it's like, man, yeah. he's a big dude. And, yeah, I, I have to admit I was right there. I think a lot of us were. Right. But so I, what I'm saying is I, I just have to correct myself there because what I'm saying now is, and as time you get older, you learn, I think you should learn at least. You know, sometimes you gotta adjust your opinions if you want to be right. Like, like being stubborn and staying on one thing doesn't help you. So what I'm saying is, like, you know, I had to adjust. Like Burchell, he just wasn't as good as I thought he was because, like, if if I take that one Valdez performance in a vacuum, which I am now, frankly, like he, he's never looked that great to me. You know, people talked him up. I thought, eh, I, I don't see it. And all his fights outside of that, including the first Adam Lopez one where the stoppage was controversial. You know, he, he just doesn't look that great to me. He's okay. Um, he, he's nothing special. Uh, so I think, yeah, I, I saw the same thing you did, and I think that's him. So, you know, they're they, now talking today that he's supposed to have a quick turnaround against Navarrete. Be a good fight. Navarrete's shown some uh, vulnerabilities, but uh, because of what we're saying, um, even though Navarrete's had to move up, you know, he was a 122-pounder. I'd probably lean lean towards Navarrete in that fight for some of the reasons we're saying. But, you know, that that'll be a good fight, I hope, on ESPN. Um, and then, yeah, Moratala, he, he did, you know, he did hurt Nakathila. There's no doubt about that. Got to give him credit for that. Um, I didn't make a pick on it, but I thought maybe, you know, Nakathila was like a, over a plus 200. I thought, yeah, you know, he, Stevenson said the guy's strong. He took out Burchelt. But, again, there's that Burchelt thing again. You know, uh, that's not aging that well. You know, Burchelt's not aging. <laughs> Beating Burchelt's not aging well. Um, you know, so Muratawa hurt him right off, and uh, they stopped it. I, I was in the camp that looked a little premature, not saying the result would have changed. but So that was a surprise. But you got to give you know, Muratawa, he's got Robert Garcia in the corner. You know, that made him a straight out your top 10 lightweight, I think. So uh, big, big advancement for him, which was good. So that was, um, you know, that was my, uh, that was my take on the under undercard stuff from Saturday night. And I did like the, uh, like the performance of Chantel Cameron a lot in that uh, Taylor fight, you know, very impressive. You know, Taylor did take some, something of a risk there, but, you know, she'd been squeaking by. I thought Serrano, uh, you know, should have gotten a decision against her, even though she came on strong and, you know, she, she didn't have enough pop to deal with uh, deal with Cameron, and you know she's with some shots. So uh, good good performance by Cameron. Really, 
really got to give props to her on that one. Yeah, really sturdy, you know, brought yeah. pressure right away, but it wasn't dumb pressure. It wasn't, you know, there's a lot of give and take. It's funny because a lot of the exchanges down the stretch, Taylor seemed more comfortable there, um, at least being able to land her big shots and counter. And there was moments where she would counter and move and whatnot and pivot and, and circle and, and do some good work. But, yeah, Cameron was just coming at you. At times resetting, I like that. When she get clip of something, all right, let me be a little smarter. Bring in the jab, bring in the right, go into the body. That left hook to the body. Um, it just as the months go by, basically, um, the skill level we're seeing now with both women's fighters in the ring at times is really starting to um, more than impress me. You know, it's one of those things, and I'm not trying to rip anything. You know, I'm not trying to be like, oh, they don't have skill. But it just, when you keep seeing these matchups where you see the skill level keeps going up a notch, um, it's, it's, it's great. It's great for women's boxing. And uh, as of right now, you know, um, much easier to make fights on that side. Uh, that's for damn sure. Um, yeah, Eddie, Hearn, Eddie Hearn did say that yeah. um, in that little before the bell fake, like you said, Hearn's Hurt's kind of good as like a host, even though of course we know he's biased, but he is actually good at it. And that was the one I was commenting on from maybe a month or two ago. Um, he he was saying that uh, he came on, he was given kind of a, a detail about that, and, and he said, you know, look, I can I can make I can make the women's fights because frankly, it's it's you know comes less expensive. I can do the 115 pound guys, the 112 pound guys because it's less expensive. You know, I. I can't do those at the higher weights in terms of the prices. So, you know, in other words, he, he wasn't sugarcoating what it was about. What it was about, like, you know, yeah, they they were willing to fight each other, but because you know he could, the money work with the lower weights and the and the the women that he couldn't do, you know, with, with some of the upper weights in the in the men's game. But yeah, and I just close on that. I agree with you 100 percent with the skill. But where I saw a big change there with the women's game is when there became the women's amateur programs, and you know. You know, just talking about taking the way, yeah, but when it became point. Olympic sport, that, that's when I saw the changes. You know, of course, Katie Taylor was, you know, you know, an Olympian, um, and and you know that you know Calista Shields, Michaela Mayer, and you know other ones that that had amateur careers. That that was a huge difference from the the earlier days of women's boxing when you had women just coming in there from all all different kinds of walks of life and areas and athletic backgrounds. If they even had one, and and no amateur career. Um, you know, I, I, it's just what you said, Chris. I think it's that, you know, now with, with that background, you, 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 that's, you know, you see the skill level. Of course, the men always had that. So, but, you know, then once the women got that, uh, you, you, you've, you've, seen a, you've seen a massive increase in the skill level since then. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, that's a great point. Good detail there. Um, all right, so this weekend we got uh, – yeah, man, we know how it is. We feel bad for the U.K. fans because we know how it is to have three cards going on at the same time. I'll say here, usually here it's like one main event that you really want, maybe the undercard on the other one. You know, it's kind of mix and match, whereas all these fights, I think, in the main event anyway, kind of piqued my interest for one reason or another at different, you know, rates or whatever. But we do have a rematch from a great fight that happened, what, in February. Mauricio Lara 
and Lee Wood. That'll be on the zone. Luis Alberto Lopez, who's had, you know, been hot of late, taking on Michael Conlin on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I would say as far as just because we haven't seen it yet, I still, I, I'm really anticipating Lauren Wood, too, because Wood was doing so good. You know, don't get me wrong. That's going to be a great fight and one of the better fights of the year so far. But the Lopez-Conlin, I think that's the one I'm looking forward to most. And then Lawrence Acoli in a minor step up against a solid quality fighter, Chris Billiam Smith. Acoli's the favorite there. But um and then we do have a disown card too. That's more of uh, you know, prospect trying to turn to contender range and whatnot. There's a good undercard fight on that. But let's talk about the three main events and get your thoughts on uh, uh like I said, a, a triple header all going on at the same time type thing. Yeah, this, I like these three main events. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in with most people on this who follow the sport closely. Uh, you know, these, these are three interesting main events to me. Um, you know, I think the, uh, the featherweight fights are more interesting than the cruiserweight fight, but I'm interested in the cruiserweight fight too. Uh, so, you know, Laura Wood, though, I think that – I think in the first fight, that was as good as Wood can do, and he still got knocked out. Um, so I don't think in the short turnaround I, – I just don't think he can do it. I don't think he could do better than he did. I think Laura can do better than he did. He's younger. Uh, he's fresher. He's got more power. Uh, he's got the knockout win now from their first fight can do better. I don't think Lee Wood can do any better. You know, Lee Wood's his camp, Hearn, they're trying to spin it like, well, you know, he was doing real good and he got caught. Yeah, he, he was doing well, but Lara was having his moments too and coming on and, and Wood still got caught. And, and you know, uh, I just, I don't think he can do any better than he did. It was a good game plan for him. He, he, he executed the best he could. He still got caught. You know, I, I just think Lara's going to come after him quicker this time, and he's going to catch him earlier, and I think he's going to get him out of there. Uh, and and I I just don't I don't think Wood's going to turn this one around. I think he's going to get knocked out, and I think he'll he'll probably get knocked out in easier fashion this time. So, um, you know, I wouldn't have even wanted a rematch of this one, but with the quick turnaround for today's boxing, this is quick. I'm I'm good with it, you know, because the That's first. That's a good fight, point. That's a really yeah. good point. It's here. If we didn't have to wait long, okay, I, I'll deal with it. That's fine. Right. I'm going to give Hearn a little bit on that one because when they announced it, I was like, yeah, but then when I saw the date, I'm like, well, you know what? If I don't have to wait to December for this rematch that I didn't feel I needed, okay. And, and that's why I feel. I'm, I'm going to be watching, and I'm interested in it. And, uh, yeah, it, it, with this quick turnaround, I can live with it. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, I am okay with it just only because of the quick turnaround. If we had to have the whole rest of the year held up with these two guys for this rematch, you know, I'd be like, ah, Hearn's giving us another rematch clause thing that we didn't need um, just to see if, uh, you know, the guy he wants to win, <laughs> he wants to win can turn it around and fight too. And I don't need to wait to December for that, but we're not waiting to December. We just had to wait uh, a few months. So I'm good with it. Uh, both guys have some pop. Lars got more, so yeah, I, I'm good with this uh, this weekend coming up. Looking forward to it, but I just think Lars is going to have an easier time this time. I think he can do better, even though he won by knockout last time. And I don't think Wood can do any better, especially after being knocked out in a pretty devastating fashion like that. So that's why I see that one. Uh, Conlon and Lopez, I can kind of see it, but I'm 
kind of surprised for solidly behind Conlon and the odds makers now have uh, Lopez at a plus 100. You know, I, I, I thought Lopez could have done even better against Warrington in terms of what I expected. But look, it was still a clear winning performance. Wasn't a bad performance by any means. I think that was one where he truly knew he had to fight one. And, you know, Warrington with that head and, and, you know, a lot of people calling him a dirty fighter, including the fighters who have fought him. Um, you know, I'm, I'm almost like, you know, I, I see that, but I don't, I don't want to get overly hard on the guy in the terms of, I, I just, I've never thought the guy was real talented, relatively speaking. Uh, Warrington, just kind of a sturdy guy. He throws a lot of punches, but they're crude. He's not a big puncher. Uh, you know, gets rough in there, but but I just don't think he's really that talented. So I think that's why he kind of fights that way. Um, but but I don't like. I thought Lopez maybe could have done a bit better. Clear winner in my eyes, no doubt about it. But um, you know maybe stopped Warrington. So, but I, I think people are getting a little too carried away with that disappointment for just what I, the reasons I'm saying. Like, look, you know Warrington can be a dirty guy to fight. You know, awkward to head. Um, you know, that type of thing. He's awkward. Um, just because Lopez didn't stop Warrington, you know, and Lara did in their first fight, that's not enough for me to get down on Lopez fighting a guy like Conlon. Um, you know, Conlon had a lot of fights where he really didn't look too good, even though he's got the amateur pedigree, a lot of fights. Um, you know, showed the most power he ever showed against Wood early but didn't get him out of there and then got knocked out himself. Um, you know, that's a big red flag to me. I mean, you know, Wood is not super talented himself. Uh, you know, he's, you know, has ended up on legit top 10 level. I mean, forget about the alphabet stuff, but, you know, he became a legit top 10 guy probably was an overachievement even for him. Um, but what I'm saying is Conlon losing that fight by knockout uh, not not too good, you know. He, he he dropped wood like that, but he hasn't been a puncher, you know, before or after. So you know, Lopez, a sturdy guy who was in a lot of underdog fights, but even though he dropped off from where we thought he was going to be, you know, when you look at what Lopez did to a guy like Gabe Flores, you know, fight could have been stopped. Father left Flores in there, end up going the distance, but Lopez was banging him all over the place. You know, the, you know that version of Gabe Flores up to that point, you know, really had a lot of had a lot of boxing skill. A young guy really got his way up. So, you know, Conlon's older. Um, you know, I, I think a, I think people are sleeping now on a on a probably fresher Lopez uh, fighting Conlon. Uh, you know, I know it's in Conlon's home territory, but uh, put me down for the upset on this one. And I think I'm going to even go as far as by KO. I uh, I don't feel like Conlon's that sturdy. Um, he's not as sturdy as a guy like Warrington. And Lopez, you know, he, he boxes a little more than people think, but, he, but he's got some pop. And I don't. I think before 12, he, he gets to Conlon some point along the way. Uh, you know, Conlon might outbox him some, but Lopez a little looser um, in a good way. Like, you know, uh, a little different type of boxing, but, but a, 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 little bit, a little bit looser, a little more explosive. Um, and I think maybe Conlon will have his moments out boxing him, but I, I think before this one's over, I think Lopez is going to catch Conlon, and I'll, I'll go with the uh, I'll go with the upset there. But I think 
I think one way or another, Lopez is going to find a way and beat him. But I think he's going to catch him before it's over. Uh, I'm I'm surprised more people aren't on that, and so many people are picking Conlon, uh, even though Lopez yeah. is the under. Um, Okoli, William Smith. I, I know Okoli can be boring, but I like the guy because he's got explosive power. He's got that big frame that I think translates to heavyweight. Uh, Marketing-wise, I think he's wasting his time. There's so many good British heavyweights. You know, I, I know the argument is, oh, let him build the name at Cruiser first and things. But, eh, heavyweight's where the money is. There's a lot of br- potential British dance partners out there, and not to mention other people in the division. This guy's got power. He can be boring, but he explodes with power at times. And uh, I think that can translate to heavyweight if he would sell out even more. So I think my own take is he's wasting his time at Cruiser. Um, but even though he has those moments where he, he bores you, I like when the guy can explode. Um, I have a feeling he's due for an explosion. And uh, William Smith's been in some good fights. I, I kind of like the guy's action in his fights. That's why he's caught me in some of these UK undercards over the years. Um, so I, I do kind of like the action he brings. Uh, and that's why this fight to me could be interesting because I think William Smith. He'll, he'll try to make it a fight as long as he's in there. But I think this is one where we're, we're due for the the explosive Akoli, and I think William Smith's probably the guy that's going to uh, be a victim of that and be a good fodder for that. So uh, not that he's a bad fighter. Like I said, I've liked his fights. They've had some action. He's, he's got some decent skills, but kind of more of an action-type guy. And I, I think Akoli should be able to get a bomb in there on him. Uh, before that one's over as well. But I am interested in all three fights and looking forward to them. There you have it. Any other uh, items you'd like to uh, talk about at all? Obviously, we got some some news that I'm not going to really uh, get too excited until I see the, the boxers actually tweet it, you know? Yeah, I'll just close it out because it is tonight. Report it again, but maybe this is it. I mean, Spence and Crawford, that's a throwback for me. They both are legit getting older, especially for welterweights, but at least they're still both undefeated. And that just, for a while now to me, had the feel of an old true pay-per-view fight, both undefeated, clearly the top two guys in the division. Clearly the winner will be the lineal welterweight champ. And, and then that does get to be cool to me as a purist. Like when you, when you get things like you're getting Haney, lineal lightweight champ, you'll have a lineal welterweight champ. I mean – cool I, I like it so uh in those traditional divisions because i think we got too many weight classes so and when those get the attention i love it so that's a real pay-per-view for me we've gotten saturated um but but that to me is like yeah that that's a, that is a pay-per-view like you know if, if you it, that is a positive if you get a fight like davis garcia and then you get this like really fights that are like our pay-per-view um because you know when we see the numbers i'll just close because it, it's where we open that's one thing that might hurt Haney Lomachenko, you know, even though that was a good matchup, I mean, it, it came along in a barrage of pay-per-views and, you know, there, there's got to be some wallet fatigue for the boxing buyer at some point. And, you know, I don't know if that was the fight where you're going to see that or not. We'll see what the numbers were, but I think Spence Crawford more immune to that, but uh, and that's a real good one. That's pay-per-view worthy, but, Let's let's then you know, get a get a series of some fights that aren't going to be pay per view for a while. Uh, you know this this the zone weekend's pretty good. You know the zone top ESPN plus weekend's pretty good, and then uh, you know apparently 
I assume Valdez Navarrete is not going to be pay-per-view. That's, that'll be a pretty good action matchup. And, uh, let's see, maybe we'll get some, get some others on showtime and things like that, but that, just wrap it up. Hopefully the news is true, but Spence Crawford is a, a pay-per-view worthy main big event type fight. There you have it. Thanks a lot. Uh, and like I said, hopefully I can get back to more, you know, for sure Tuesday nights, but, as the NBA season wind down, winds down here, I will, just like I did last summer, I will be doing the show more on Mondays, too, Monday, Tuesday, to try to get it out of the way rather than Wednesday, Thursday stuff. So just letting you know. I appreciate you taking time out, sir. Have a good night. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me, as always. Have a good night. Yeah, you too, John. All righty. And like I said, yes, uh, I'm aware we're about to bring in Carcino in just a second. I am aware, gotten some messages, uh, like I'm supposed to stop the show and talk about what Coppinger, you know, is is reporting, right? Um, but, you know, I'm not saying it's not real, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I actually, on the low, felt pretty confident um, that this would happen or that it, it would happen. I don't know for a fact until I see Crawford, Terrence Bud Crawford and, and Errol, the true Spence share this shit. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm, my mind won't go there just yet. Okay. So that's why I didn't stop the show. We're coming off a great fight weekend. We're heading into this, uh, you know, triple header, Astravaganza uh, from the UK. I, I, I don't know. Here's what he said, though. He said it just a little bit ago, like an hour ago. Sources, Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence Jr. agreed to July 29th fight. Uh, T-Mobile, Las Vegas, July 29th. Sounds like there is um, a bi-directional, not bilateral. There's a bi-directional rematch clause that the loser can trigger within 30 days after the fight. So it's a two-fight deal for Crawford with the BBC, which I think is very fair. Um, so the loser gets to choose if they want to do it. It's not a one-sided thing. Um, so that's dope. That's cool. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still not going to, you know, further on he says uh, it's a two-fight deal for Crawford with the PBC after the probable return for between return bout between Crawford and Spence. We must take pl- oh, which must take place before the end of 2023. Okay, so this is what he's saying that not only is it going to be July 29th, but if there is a rematch, it's got to end by the or it's got to be by the next you know at the end of the year after the probable return bout between Crawford Spence, which must take place before the end of 2023, both boxers are expected to move up to 154, which, you know, that does make sense too. You know, both of them have been talking about it. And that's why I think the PBC says a great place for Crawford because he doesn't have a promoter. He can just sign with the PBC, which Heyman doesn't take a bunch of your money. You don't have to have management and promoter taking your money they, they pay a fee to the promoters and also he talked about wanting to go to 54 well <laughs> they got the division so you might as well go up there and have your pick of the litter and that's why i'm surprised well we don't know any facts on this just yet 
That's why I'm actually surprised it's not more than just a two-bite deal. But who knows? Maybe there's an option there. We don't really know. But, yeah, I did anticipate both of them going up to 54, so there's no secret there. So there you go. I covered it. I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it because, like I said, and I'm not, I'm not denying it. I'm just saying that, you know, I want to see these, both these dudes say it, or at least one of them say the fight's on. And this is the date or whatever, you know. So, because that's where we are in, you know, sports news in general, but especially boxing now. You got to hear it from the damn fighters to know. Uh, because, you know, sources, 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 sources. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. Let's bring in Carcino, of course, from Carcino for Life, YouTube, Patreon, all that good stuff. Cino. My Midwestern brother, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. I'm hanging in there. Well, that's all you can ask, right? That's all you can ask. Yeah. And uh, the weather has sprung into beautiful up here, so I'm happy that, uh, you know, we're out of that. That spring was cold, dude. It didn't give us too many tease days where you got to 70 and 80. It was mostly just cold, man. But I'm really happy that we're uh, well into May now. Um, what'd you think of the fight, man? Because a lot of people up here screaming robbery, like it's it was a nine to three fight for Loma. Um, I thought it was a competitive fight. I am getting sick of competitive fights that are very close getting called robberies. Uh, what were your thoughts on it, sir? Um, you you made a great statement there. It wasn't a robbery. It was a, a bad decision. That's what I just said. That's that was a bad decision. Uh, anything with seven rounds for Devin, I think it's a bad call. I, I don't see seven rounds for Devin, and I watched the fight three times. And I said, well, let me see. And some of these swing rounds did Devin win? And I was, like, rooting for them. People act like I hate Devin Haney because I didn't say he won the fight. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It's like, if, you, if you're not saying he won the fight, then you're a Devin hater. I'm like, no, I'm actually scoring the fight. I wanted him to do well. I was, it, it was a lot of concerns. I had a lot of people that was around the camp that told me he failed the weigh-in twice. It took him three times to pass the weigh-in. Because what they did on stage, that was just a formality. They weighed in in the back. And when they stepped on the scale, he didn't make weight. So he, he came back the second time and didn't make it. It took him three times to actually make the weight. So the whole thing on stage is just the formality of what they were doing, the show acting for it. But the weight was made uh, backstage. So... Once they went through that process, um, I knew he probably – this should have probably been his last fight at 135 because I could see down the stretch he was fatiguing, and he just don't punch with a lot of power. He, he makes contact. He just doesn't have the the power. He's just not a power puncher. Um, I, I mean, he probably hits hard, and, and he had a lot of success. I see the strategy was to go to Loma's body. He had the good right hook to the body that was um, was effective, you know, at early parts of the fight. But Lomacheco is they're lucky 
this wasn't three, four years ago. If this was three, four years ago, this fight would have been over. Because Lomachenko would have hit him with so much speed, he wouldn't have been able to, to to do anything about it. But this is a flat-foot, older Loma. And he basically stayed in front of him a lot. He didn't really change that many angles. Normally when he gets on a roll and he starts just hitting angles and, you know, it was it was looking like that in spots, but he was pacing himself as the, you know, the wiser old owl. And I see he was setting traps with the high guard, taking away his vision, so he would go low with the body, but it wasn't in combination. You know, um, that's what that's what was failing. Um, it was failing um, Haney because he was not right. punching in combination anymore. He was just one shot. One and when time Loma was thrown, yeah, sure. yeah he, and it was you could tell the weight loss in him was you know it, it was having an effect, and he was pacing himself, but. When Loma was doing was luring him down, and when he was showing his inexperience and not having much of an amateur background, uh, Devin is, by actually giving up his height. I see this with a lot of young fighters who have a lot of athleticism. They lack that discipline of not giving up your height. Taller fighters, your advantage is being tall. You don't have to, to scrunch down to your opponent's size level to land a punch that's that is like he's supposed to be reaching up to you that's your advantage you don't give it up thomas hearns never gave it up none of these fighters that were from the older days who knew better they knew not to give up their height that was their advantage so these younger fighters bend at the knees or they lean over and devin haney kept leaning over to lead left hand and it was so telling, the shots were, they were knocking his head back. Like, bing, like, a, you know, them Pez dispensers? It was, it was looking like one of those Pez dispensers. It was knocking his head back. Ding, ding, ding. I was like, oh, my goodness, dude. Quit leaning your head into the shot. It was making it look worse than what it really is. But it was the accuracy. And Loma did such a great job, I thought down the stretch. I don't think he should have, like, took the foot off the gas in the 12th round and just tied up and did defense like he did. And, but to me, you know, I don't, it was, when I saw the judges' scorecard, I saw the judges give the 10th round to to Haney, and I said, oh, okay. That's, yeah, Moretti. That told me, yeah, I saw... I, I, I saw the agenda. You know, it's always in boxing. You hate it. It, it hurts. The, it hurts the actual fight. And to see Loma break down the way he did, it, it hurt me. Because I said, man, this is just a bad decision that didn't have to be. You had a good fight. It was competitive. When I gave my prediction for it, I predicted a draw. I said, this fight is going to come down to be a draw. Because his athleticism, his size, He's got enough to, if he stays active with a jab, to keep Lolo right where he needs to be, you know, keep him at the end of it. I feel he could win the early rounds, but the later rounds would go to Lomacheco with his experience. Plus, Haney's not going to do much. He doesn't fight on the inside. He ties up, and he don't let his hands go. And against fighters like 
Shakur Stevenson or Tank Davis, you can't fight them like that. You can't just try to point them and just say, I'm going to land one jab and one body shot and admire my work. You can't do that. And then when they get in close, you don't know how to fight in close. You just tie up and hope the ref breaks you so you can get out of there and try to reset again. It's, you can't, that's not really boxing. That's like amateurs fighting, and it's not going to help you here. In a, in a world championship, that's not going to really help you. But I give Devin credit for stepping up fighting the champions of the division. He's one of the younger fighters who's saying, I want champions. And he's going after them. He's not doing showcase fights like Tank and everybody else. He's actually going for the real champions of the division, even going in their country and fighting. I'm saying that's what, you know, real champions should do. So I'm, I applaud him for taking that challenge and taking the risk. But uh, now I think, uh, it's, you know, they did that because they want him and Shakur Stevenson to fight. We, we, we know that. But I'm like, you didn't really have to do that. You still could have made that fight, and that fight still would have been something, even if Loma would have, you know, lost the fight. But I don't think they want to put Lomachenko in the ring with Shakira Stevenson. I think they want Stevenson and Haney to fight and make that, like, a big trilogy. So that's why I think they gave Loma the, the shaft. But how much, I mean, he only got one fight left. And that one fight is going to be at 135, I guess, against Shakir Stevenson. Stevenson has settled into the weight, and he can go to 140. But Tank will beat both of those guys. That's what I was going to say next. That's what I was going to say next. Let's, let, when you say both those guys, you talk about Loma and Haney? Or are you talking about no, Shakir Stevenson. Secure Haney. Uh, Loma will be a Loma will be a different fight for him. That would be a difficult, more of a difficult fight than any fight that he had with with Haney and and Shakira Stevenson. That's, That's more of a no, not, match. Right? Yeah, very true. Not many people say that, especially about Shakur. Uh, let's start with with Haney first. Why do you think Gervonta will beat him and then Shakur? Obviously, you don't have to go too detailed. You can save it just in case it doesn't well, happen. But well, a lot of people they, don't say they that. Actually been in the ring. they actually been in the ring with each other. So he knows what Devin likes and what Devin doesn't like. And Devin doesn't like it to the body. He doesn't fight on the inside. Tank is more crafty with his shots, and he's powerful. He's way more powerful than, than uh, Devin Haney. And Dave, when Devin got hit by Tank, he almost knocked Devin Haney completely the train. They stopped it that day. And then the second training they had, he had success on Tank. Tank went in shape. And that was the second time they fought, but Tank wasn't even in shape. He had just started camp to try to get in shape. And so he was hitting Tank, and they was like, oh, he's getting the best of Tank. And then Tank was like, okay. Dude's going hard on me when it was like his first day of sparring, you know, just trying to get in shape. So he's not trying to help Tank get in shape. He's trying to embarrass Tank. So that's when Tank decides, I want to fight you for real. Tank took the gloves off, and they were ready to fight for real. And that's when they stopped 
them two from sparring. Now he's been running around talking about he beat up Tank. So it was, <laughs> Tank would hurt him. I mean, he would hurt Devin Haney if they were to fight. He he can't he can't deal with Tank. Um, he don't he gives up his height. He leans his head in. His defense is not where it should be. He gets hit too much, and if he gets hit by Tank, because Tank is so crafty. He was hurting Devin to the body with surprise body shots by setting traps for him, and then Devin would follow and fall right into the trap every time. And I don't think he's improved any much. He just don't really have the power at that weight class to really get Tank's respect. And when Tank hit him, he's going to try to keep Tank off of him, tie him up, wrestle him. Tank, Tank would hurt him. Shakur would be a tougher fight for Tank. But Tank would beat him, too, because neither one of those guys are really power punchers, but I think Shakira Stevenson has better vision and can fight on the inside. He doesn't run out of the pocket a lot like Devin Haney. Haney's not a guy that sits there and really makes you miss and make you pay. He's not really a counter puncher. He's a guy that got to get off first, land his shots, tie you up, get out of there, try to reset. Really basic. There's nothing really dynamic with him. But he has a lot of heart. He, he tries to fight back. But I don't see anything really dynamic out of him. With Shakira Stevenson, be a tougher fight, but I think Tank hits harder. His power will be the difference in both of those fights. They've never been in the ring with somebody who hit harder than that. Yeah, I mean, you can't. There's not too many in the sport. You know what I mean? No, Tank hits like a middleweight. I, I seen it live, and I was like, Tank hits like I was saying it right there. I was like, Tank hits like a middleweight, and I told him, <laughs> I said, the only person now he's saying it, and I was like, I told right. him, I said, Tank. The only person that can beat you is you. If you can continue to make this weight class, no one's going to beat you because you hit too hard. You're basically a middleweight fighting at 130. I think he was at 130 then. I was like, if you can continuously make this weight, you're going to win every fight because there's nobody that's going to be able to take this type of power. I was like, dude, your power is insane at this weight class. I'm like, I've seen you. Hit the bag, and we got middleweights in here. We got super light. I'm like, you're stronger than this. That's crazy. I'm like, your power level is insane. But you just got to have the discipline. He just didn't have it. Like, for some reason, he would come into camp 20 pounds over. It, it was just terrible. Now, now you got a weight loss camp. That's why I said that was the worst camp I've ever seen in my life from an athlete is when Tank was training to fight on the Mayweather undercard of McGregor. I said, oh, my God, this is a – and that's what I think. I don't know if I told you. I was like, I'm going to put some money on the other guy <laughs> just to be safe because <laughs> this, this is how bad this camp went for Tank. I was just like, this was a horrible camp. And I was yeah, just like, you, oh, you my God. You could see it, too. You could see it in the ring yeah. and the scale so, of the whole nine. Yeah, lost the title on the scales, came in there, and I'm like, this is bad. This whole thing is god-awful. That's what I was like, man, this is 
this is it. I didn't think anything was going to happen for Tank to take him to the next level. Or I just felt like this was the end of the rope. This is completely the end of the line. Because I was like, he can't get the discipline. He's just going to get knocked out when he fights somebody of stature. But somebody got to him, and he got himself together, thank God. Or he stopped hanging yeah. out with Adrian Broner. <laughs> exactly. His, his, uh, he just, you know, he doesn't blow up as much in weight. You can see pictures where you're like, okay, you know, you can tell he's taking uh, everything more serious as far as training. Uh, hopefully this little sit-down that he has right now will do him wonders, too, in the long run. You know what I mean? I don't think it's all that bad for him, actually, because it can be like a wake-up call, like, hey, dude, you got a lot of stuff in front of you. If you keep training and keep your nose clean, you can be a major, major star, man, and create a nice legacy. So, yeah, man, it is nice to see him hopefully turn in that corner inside and outside of the ring. Any other items from the uh, – the undercard or that Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron, or any other uh, items you want to talk about, sir? Well, um, we could talk about this Terrence Crawford thing. <laughs> uh, now, the whole thing about that is Errol Spence started camp because last time he didn't even get in camp. He wasn't even training for the fight. That's how we knew the fight wasn't going to go. So I said to Terrence Crawford, I said, when you tell me the fight is on, that's when I'll believe it because I'm not falling for this anymore. Last time was an April Fool's joke, and right. nobody was laughing. I was like, yeah, nobody was laughing. I'm like, I didn't even, right, I wasn't even biting off of it because that's how terrible it was. So I was like, I'm not biting off that. So I told Terrence Crawford, like, I think today, about an hour or two ago, I said, hey, if this is real, then I'll believe it. If you tell me this fight is on, I will roll with it. And that was it. He hasn't told me anything yet, so. Right. Hey, but if he yeah. tells me a text that it's on, or anything else? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, hearing I'm that it's not signed. I've heard that the, it's the, they finally came to, you know, the agreement on terms and everything, and, and now the contracts just need to be signed. It's like, all right, well, once they sign them and they announce the fucking thing, then I'll be willing to talk more about it and all that. You know, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. You know, I just... I'm just not going to do it to myself. You know, I, us veterans right. in the boxing game is like, we know the we know the scoop. We know not to, you know, you just can't let your mind travel there. There's just no point in doing it because then you just get mad. You know, like, who gives a shit? Disappointed or whatever, frustrated. But uh, right. any I got other friend who's a, Good. Yeah, I said I got a friend who's a prisoner of the moment. Like, as soon as something hits, he's already trying to get plane tickets. And, right. and we're, we're getting the plane tickets, and we're going. I'm like, dude, slow down. You already got people on a plane. And I'm like, don't you haven't you seen boxing? This ain't even, ain't even a press conference yet. You're already worried about tickets and getting plane play. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing anything. I'm not moving. 
I was like, I need it signed. I need the press tour. I need something. <laughs> you can't just sit there and tell me that, oh, no, we're going to work it out one day. It's just we don't know when. No, it's going to have to happen now. Right. Because I can't, I can't sit there and invest any energy into this. But Katie Taylor, um, her fight coming up, uh, I mean, I saw some flaws in her game when she fought uh, Amanda Serrano. That was just an amazing fight. But I saw yeah, some that flaws in her game. And I said, whoa, man, she couldn't take it to the body like that and – and when she went up top and Amanda was just beating her the way she was, I said, oh, man. Then I felt Amanda would have won that fight had she just continued the body attack. She started headhunting after that round. And I'm like, go back to the body. That's what got you there. And then I'm hearing that, you know, Ryan Garcia is training now with Errol Spence. So now that yeah, Errol yeah, Spence yeah. and Ryan Ryan Garcia are working together. They're trying to get Arrow ready for the fight. I guess the Keith Thurman fight is on the side. Like, that's, that's a replacement in case Terrence Crawford don't work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, uh, I wonder if he'll be on the undercard then. If he, you know, if he's, uh, if he's the, the, the B side, you know, the, the backup plan or whatever. I hope so. Keith, one fight, Thurman. You got to have one there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's one time a year and not not even. One time in like every, you know, 20 months or so. (laughs) Exactly. Keith, one fight, Thurman. And and that's what he does. He gives you one fight and then he goes off into retirement and then you don't hear or see nothing from him. And then he takes him behind some woman. Yeah, he dates a new woman and joins their new religion. He's got a red dot on his head now. He's an Indian. <laughs> He's a Pakistani Indian. I was like, okay. <laughs> Keith won fight Thurman. He's at it again. Uh, that's funny. All right, yep, so, you know, any know other items? On. Any Anything Not else you want to talk about, sir? Good? All right. Uh, next, so no, next year, I'm going, to the, I'm going to the Minnesota Wild game. I know I'm doing that. All right. I'm coming you to Minnesota. Go to the, for the Chicago game or just whatever? Oh, whatever. I'm seeing a while. Right. Wow is my team. They always let me right. down when they get to the playoffs. Yeah. At least they get there. Yeah, they got a great regular season. Um, all right. Well, let yeah. me know. I'll go with you, man. I haven't seen a wild game in a couple of years. I'll go with you. Let me know when you come up, dude, because that'd be fun as hell. Wow, hell yeah. That'd be really I'm fun. Down. All right, buddy, yep. you take it easy, I'm man. I'm committed to that. All right, buddy. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Take it easy. Peace. All right, as you guys know, that was Carcino. Carcino for life. You know who he is. If you don't, get on that Patreon. Check it out. Hip-hop. All sorts of different stuff, not just boxing. Um, but, yeah, um, let me see here. And, yeah, man, these messages, dude, this shit's crazy, dude. So you want me to talk, like, did they, are they about to announce the press conference tomorrow or some shit? Like, guys, 
okay, so here's another one. I, I've seen Dan Raphael, uh, Keith Eidick, uh someone that contacts Espinoza and gets usually a pretty clear message of what's going on. So there's there's more sources than just cop, okay? And like I said, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It's just so um, – so the the word is it's not agreed yet, but very close. I think it'll be July 29th. That's one source. Now, Dan and Keith, this is actually on Boxing Scene Report. Crawford Spence agreed to fight July 29th. T-Mobile Arena contracts not signed. Okay? Their representations have been negotiating, blah, 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 has confirmed that neither Crawford nor Spence has signed contracts as of Tuesday night. The date for their fight could change if they don't finalize their deal in time to properly promote what will be a high-profile Showtime pay-per-view event. Okay? So I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I mean, we all want the bitch to happen, right? We all want it to happen. But just, just, just take a couple breaths, okay? Real quick, though, talking about it, um, yeah, that Oscar Valdez and Adam Lopez, don't get me wrong. I, I couldn't give Lopez a bunch of rounds. It wasn't like, well, that was 5-5 five, five or whatever. But, you know, the second half of that fight, I really thought Lopez came on. Um, Valdez, definitely the first couple, you know, he uh, first couple rounds were his. Um, you know, he had a nice jab, a couple of decent combinations. You had uh, Adam Lopez with, you know, some success, moving, kind of jab, circling a little bit as the, the fourth came on, fifth round. Uh, there was – the fifth round was close. There was some back and forth. Uh, Lopez was jabbing really well, going to the body. There was a – Veldez landed a nice uh, left hook uh, counter, um, you know, some good exchanges. That was a tight round, I thought. Um, and then the, let's say the sixth and seventh. I thought both of them won a round in there. Um, you could see Lopez was fighting more, still moving too much probably. Uh, but he, he was he was in there fighting a little bit more. The fight was getting a lot more competitive. Like I said, I the 6th and 7th, I thought they split. The 8th and ninth, I thought they split. So if you give them the 5th, maybe the one of the 4th or 5th, all of a sudden you're like 7-3 to three or whatever. I did think Valdez closed strong, though early and late, letting hard combinations go. Um, those left hooks, right hands to the body. Um, and there was a headbutt in that last round, now that I remember. Because um, he started kind of grabbing it for his nose and whatnot after. But Lopez, Lopez was firing shots back and whatnot. But yeah, I thought that the last maybe 30 seconds or so, the better shots were Beldez. So I gave it to him. It was a clean win. Six four seven three something like that, but I mean, I guess you could say his style of fighting, you know, at times will lend itself to getting punched a lot. Sometimes he's on the outside, but it's rare. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't think he looked horrible. I just didn't think he looked all that great. The the uh, Murataya and uh, Nakatia. Um, fight didn't last long obviously slow kind of feel out round in the first there was a jab with a little subtle movement from uh, Murataya 
few nice left hooks, a couple right hands. Um, but the left hook, you know, hit him flush, and it hurt him. He followed that up with right hands, a hard right hand, flurries with left hook, right hand. I thought it was an early stoppage, though, I will say that. I think, oh, boy, would have made it. So, you know, uh, I would have liked to have seen more rounds, you know, for the youngster. But uh, coming off two months in a tough fight, came back and, and looked pretty good. Like I said, early stoppage, sure, we, we could say that. But I don't really think, you know, I would get too crazy about it. Um, and then Nakatani and Maloney, I mean, just – you know, clear shots in general. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, left hand to the body. Trying to land the left to the head. A lot of uppercuts with both hands. That's what I like about Nakatani. He switches it up. You could say maybe he needs to throw more combinations or maybe kind of switch up the speeds a little bit on his punches and all that, and that's fine. But um, I think it was, what, three uppercuts in a row. I think two left uppercuts and a right uppercut that dropped Maloney, what was that, the third round or second round? I can't remember. Yeah, second round. And really from like the third to seventh, they're just a dominating uh, the action anyway. Um, like I said, left a little bit on the table. Um, he's, Maloney did start to get into the fight, though. Um, Landed some really good body work throughout the fight. I thought that was Maloney's best stuff. Big left hand. Um, dropped him. And, and he looked hurt. He did recover, but he still looked, eh, you know, still looked kind of weird. 12th round, scintillating highlight knockout. One of the best knockouts of the year, if not the best. He finally, he finally found that uh, knockout punch he was looking for. Nakatani, though, man, this is... This dude's fucking good, man. This dude is fucking good. He's got fucking lightning in his fucking uh, hands, dude. It, it, it's really, really, really good. Now, on to that, um, that uh, Taylor Chantel Cameron. That was a good-ass fight. Real quick, uh, I did enjoy it. I didn't score it, but I enjoyed the James Metcalf-Dennis uh, Hogan fight. Uh, I thought it was just, you know, a good-ass scrap, good back and forth. Metcalf pulled off what I believe was the upset. We also had a big upset. Jose Felix uh, took care of Gary Coley. That was definitely a, a, a big one. What was that, the third or fourth round? I think it was the third round, if I remember correctly. Um, didn't see a whole lot of other fights on that card beyond, of course, the main event. Um and this was a great fight. This was a really fun fight. And I thought Cameron, the first four rounds, I gave him all the first four. I thought, although, like the first round, you could have given to Taylor because that second half of that first round, that was, you know, that was competitive. And, and Taylor landed a few nice counters with the jab and the right hand kind of early and late. I thought Cameron took care of that one. But that's a round I would uh, give Taylor, you know, potentially. But the second, third, and fourth I gave to Cameron, um, just bringing that pressure, uh, closing these rounds out very strong, flurries to the body. Taylor did as well. She landed a huge right hand in that second round. A um, couple of nice counters here and there. I just thought that Cameron was controlling the pace. 
she was jabbing, using the right hand, uh, you know, to the head or the body, whichever. Um, taking a step back at times, too. Not just resetting, but taking a step back and throwing a punch and landing it clean. And the first maybe 45, 60 seconds of that fourth round, she was just blasting shots. Um, and she closed better in that round because I got to give Taylor, you know, down the stretch of that, maybe the last minute or whatever, she landed, you know, multiple good combinations of late right hand. Then I thought Taylor, I gave Taylor the fifth round, so maybe through five rounds you could have given it. It could be 3-2 maybe, but I, I scored it 4-1. Um, she was countering or pot-shotting and moving, making her miss more than she had in previous rounds, in my opinion. Sixth round was really close. Uh, left hooks to the body and head, especially late from Cameron. Close, close round, good exchanges. Maybe you gave that to Taylor. Maybe you didn't. I gave the seventh nasty left hook at multiple right hands. Uh, beyond a few moments for Taylor in that seventh round, I gave that to Cameron. But then I thought Taylor, in a two-way round, Taylor won the eighth. Whether, like I said, that lead or counter left hook, um, you know, Cameron landed some heavy body shots, some heavy shots or whatever, body work. But I gave Taylor that one. Ninth round, very competitive. I definitely gave Taylor the last one, several combinations, um, whether she was on the move or, like I said, down the stretch of this, she was on the inside brawling and getting the better of it. I thought she was getting the better of it. Um, Not as successful, Cameron, on the inside when they were just going for it um, down the stretch. So I had it 6-4. 95, 95, one judge, 96, 94 for the other two. So I thought that was fair. Very competitive fight, very uh, spirited. And like I said, Chantel Cameron, eight, what is she, 18 and 0 now? Um, coming off that uh, McCaskill fight, she uh, she's a real deal. How old is she? She's a real deal. 32. Okay, she. I, I like what I saw out of her. I, I would love to see the rematch, too. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but I would definitely love to see the rematch. Good, good fight, though. And Taylor, man, she is a legend. I got to admit, there's there's multiple, you know, Shields, Serrano. There, there's some legends out here, Hall of Fame worthy, um, just focusing on Taylor right now because she just fought. I mean, She's fought a lot of folks. She's had some tight fights. She finally was on. I didn't think she beat Serrano. I thought Serrano won the fighter. At least it should have been a draw. But um, she, she's been in a lot of good fights, a lot of close fights, and she just finally came on on the empty end of it. I thought she lost the fight, but it was good. It was really good. Um, like I said, I, I think Akoli is going to beat um, – William Smith, I think the first chunk of rounds are going to be jab and setting up shots and whatnot, but I, I don't see it as some kind of, you know, um, great start. I think William Smith will get into the fight if you believe in him. John uh, picked him, uh, you know, hey, you're, you're talking plus 290. So I think I saw that. Okay. Well, no, there's a plus 300. I'm uh, getting my odds currently from Pro Boxing Odds. It's a great website, by the way. 
Um, so I, I like Akoli to win something like eight to four, somewhere in that realm. I think he'll he'll land the power shots down the stretch when he's forced to, but I think it'll be kind of a jab fest that he'll win for a while. And he'll control overall. And William Smith is a good fighter. I think that's a good fight. Um, Mauricio Lara, Lee Wood. Yeah, I think Lara will have a pretty much agree in agreement with John and, and a lot of people that I've seen and heard from talk to about this fight that I think Lee Wood did do about as good as he's going to do in that fight. And that's not taking any away from Lee Wood. Uh, he had that tremendous win over Michael Conlon, just a shocking win. Uh, the way he did, he was down on the cards. He had been dropped. He got back in that fight. I thought he was losing the fight uh, fairly cleanly. And then, you know, the dramatics, the way he won that fight, knocking Conley out of the uh, out of the ring was, I mean, that shit was amazing. But, uh, you know, I, once again, what are we looking at? Uh, plus 220 all the way up to plus 240. And that plus 240 is uh, that 365 for, for those are, who are wondering. I think it's worth taking a flyer out of it, but I, I just feel like Mauricio Lara is going to not fight necessarily better. He just knows what to to do now in a sense. And all that success that Wood had, and he had a lot of it. I don't want to take anything away. But I just think that he'll have success. It just won't be for as many rounds, and I think he will get knocked out. So I am picking Mauricio Lara like a lot of people. So I got a Coley by decision, Lara by knockout. I think it will, you know, I don't know if it'll be sixth round, eighth round, tenth round, whatever it is. I'd say mid to late. Well, no, I'd say mid. I'd say mid. So anywhere from like six to nine, let's say. Um, but I think Lara will have more success in the fight uh, before that. And we may see Lee Wood fight on the move even more. Um, it may be a little hesitant at times because he was letting his hands go, you know, in spots, and he had that lead and whatnot. So, I don't know. It's like you got to get up on the cards. you got to fight a certain way. Everybody's got to, for the most part, fight a certain way to win. Not that many boxers on the high level can actually, you know, besides the high level, I should say, can actually fight game plan A, B, C, D, and all that as far as still being at a high level anyway. Um, and then Luis Alberto Lopez and Michael Conlon. And this is ESPN+. Plus. That was the zone, the Lara Wood. Like I said, I'm not sure if uh, Pro Box or like uh, Fight TV or somebody uh, picks that up, the, the billions that the Coley. I really don't know. Um, but the, the, the Lopez-Conlon fight, this is a good fight. I'd probably say it's probably the closest, yeah. I mean, I already I, – I saw a plus 110, and it's still there. Actually, a plus 115. I'm sorry. I got it for a plus 115, but I see plus 110 at two different sites, plus 100. That's a 50-50 fight. Those are for Lopez, by the way. Conlon's a, a, a barely a favorite in this fight, um, which I think that, that's fair. You know, I don't think he should be some kind of major, you know, you know, favored in this one at all. Um, and I'm not saying he can't win, you know. I mean, he's got – he's had a couple fights since then, you know, since that since that fight, his last fight where he got knocked out. Um, he has 
hasn't had a fight this year. Um, but, you know, for a while there, Conlon, we all know the story. When Stevenson and Conlon turned pro, Conlon, the first couple fights, looked like the pro style is more fitting. The first, like, three or four fights. And people were kind of dumping on Shakur. Then, you know, then it was just the opposite. Now people are putting them on the top ten pound for pound and whatnot. And, you know, I'm not going to say he was taking steps backwards, Conlon, in his career, because I don't believe he was. But he just wasn't looking as good, you know, to be honest. Then he got um, a quality win over uh, Duhenny, or Duhenny, TJ. That's where it was like, okay, you know. And I liked, I mean, those body shots he was landing. Obviously, you know, that Lee Wood fight, he, he freaking, you know, hit his thing. I mean, didn't he drop him round one, I believe, or two? Yeah, it was round one, actually. So he's come back against Mario. Two fights, not much there. He's come back. He did get knocked out, so I don't, I don't blame him not taking super hard fights after that one. Whereas on the flip side, of course, you have, you know, a guy who could punch in Lopez. Um, that Warrington fight, you know, some people didn't think it was as close as as, as the, the scorecards had. Um, probably getting on close to two years ago. I think it was two years ago where he uh, upset Gabriel Flores Jr. He's the one who took his O. Uh, he had a really workmanlike, solid, competitive win. Uh, probably a year before that against um, Andy Benes. Um, actually, let me double check. Yeah, that was that was 2020, summer 2020. That was a good fight. He, you know, he lost to Ruben Villa, who just had a good performance, by the way. It was competitive, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he's a good fighter, man, and. I do, like I said, I do like him in this fight. I think Conlon will get up, you know, uh, for this fight on the on the cards. Literally, I do. Um, Conlon, sometimes he was boxing too much, not landing clean enough punches for a lot of people, including myself. Then he started kind of digging into his shot more, digging to the body, like I mentioned, letting go of real shots, and then showing his defense. And I so I, I think this will be... I mean, it's a 50-50 fight, right? So it, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Now, you can also say, well, if, if it's close and it's in Belfast, shouts out to Belfast, where do we think that's going to go? You know? So, but I am, I, I'm going to say he's not going to knock out Conlon, but I think he'll drop him and hurt him. In the, so the, the championship rounds, uh, which, you know, 11-12, I count them like 9-12 to 12 championship rounds in my in my mind um so i think he'll eke one out I, I, a split decision majority decision i think it'll come down to those knockdowns and he's going to hurt conlin bad enough to to take him out or sorry not to take him out but bad enough to where he drops him he's in trouble but i don't think he'll knock conlin out but, but look for conlin to be up maybe even like uh Three to one, four to two. I mean, I think he'll look good. He usually does early in fights, but mid to late, that's where Luis Alberto Lopez 
um, will do his thing. That's what I'm. That's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, that's probably the ones that I'll talk about. Of course, there there is a fight that I'm forgetting. Um. Well, we do have the Alexa Rocha and uh, Anthony Young, which is okay, you know, whatever. But there's a fight. Isn't there a fight on that card? Is it Colazzo and Melvin Jerusalem? Is that the fight? And I can't remember. Um, I can't remember what that fight is now. Either way, we'll get to some boxing you know, some fight news and whatnot, some other fight news, and, and, and then we'll get to boxing Twitter. Oh, here's a big one, guys. Here's a big one. This is the Herald. Oh, wait. Two big ones. Oh, my God. Two big ones. The Herald's son, which, you know, I don't know if that's a good one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on, like, top source um, awards, but I, well, I just brought the source into it, didn't I? Tyson Fury and Dempsey McKean is now in talks. Manager who said he held talks with Fury's camp about a potential WBC heavyweight world title fight in August in Australia. And I think Fury is going to Australia or is there. Here's another one. If you're standing up, sit down. If you're driving, pull the car over. Uh, put it in neutral. That's the stick shift. Uh, I know there's neutral, but stick shift. Um, reference. This is this is big, dude. This is big. Not just on Triller, but Triller pay-per-view. By the way, all those uh, part-time media media members um, that got that payola from Triller, where the fuck are you now talking about that shit? What's up with Triller? You still going to talk good about them and not call them for what they are? Anyway, James Tony, age 54, will face Donovan Razor Ruddick, 59, in an exhibition, exhibition on pay-per-view, November 11th, so they have plenty of time to promote it, Kingston, Jamaica, live on pay-per-view, man. That, if that doesn't get your blood boiling, man, why aren't people calling, you know, messaging me for that shit, dude? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, golly. This is uh, the fight is right. Shakur Stevenson was asked about, De- you know, for Devin Haney if he should take the rematch with Loma. If I were in his shoes, I would for sure run it back because I wouldn't want the public to think this dude beat me. That's going to travel you with him for the rest of his career. I mean, I- I'm in favor of the run back. I definitely am. I'm not going to say that I'm not. Um, per- oh, here we go. This is actually a good fight. <laughs> per sources, Navarrete and Oscar Valdez is slated August 12th, Desert Diamond Arena in Glendale, Arizona. Arizona, stand up. You are getting fights, and a whole bunch of them now. It's good for you guys. Um, that's a great fight just stylistically, okay? Okay, someone just sent me this. So this is for Paulie. Let's be honest. The small percentage of people that still had Haney winning the fight are the ones that are happy with the white guy lost. And I got another tidbit for you. Bob re-signed Haney two nights before the fight. That's, that's what he said. 
uh, O'Hara Davies, he uh, <laughs> he put in Leonard Ellerby and uh, Rowley. He said, "You are trying to run your pair of cock. Wait, you are trying to run your pair of cockroaches. Oh, you're trying to run you pair of cockroaches. No Garcia fight is happening while I'm mandatory. Call us soon." So he he, he wants blood to be shed. I remember him saying. So the announced attendance was 14,436 at the MGM for Haney Loma. Like I said, I'm hearing two and a half, three million maybe. Great game, man. Super awesome game. Uh, we do have a replacement. No, it's not him, him, or him. It's Danilito Zoria. Um, June 17th, that is going to be ProGray's new opponent. ProGray, of course, um, you know. Saying everybody ducking them, but then it's whatever. It is what it is. Let's look at the second fight. What's not the first fight? Okay, you know it's happening in like less than a month. Cool. Let's see what he does in the second fight. That's the most important one. Second and third, obviously. Anyway, Gervonta Davis. Oh yeah, there is no longer facing any kind of domestic violence battery charge uh, because you know his the mother of his child said. You know, it was I made a unnecessary call law enforcement, and you know I'm just speculating here. I don't know, but you know, supposedly I remember, you know, reading uh, <coughs> quotes from his trainer, whether they were on the phone together and he could see it, or whether he was in the room. You know, there's probably cameras in his house. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I, we already kind of knew that that was going to be the case. Um, we have oh, oh yeah. So just had it. I just fucked it off. Where is it? Oh well, Shakur also. Someone just sent me this. Let's make it happen. I think that should happen next. Devin's not on my level, and I want to show it. The way he wants to show people. That's what Stevenson was saying. Um, what was the, uh, oh, here we go. Two bits of news here. David Benavides, promoter Samson, uh, Luke, what is it, Lukowicz, has declared that they will be sending Canelo Alvarez an official offer next week for a fight in September following a meeting with his trainer and manager, Eddie Reynosa, today alongside Luis de Cuba, who works for Haiti, as we know. So that's what he said. So he's going to be sending an offer. We assumed that they were going to send an offer. We heard Espinosa on camera say that we're going to make a run for it. Um, Chava from ESPN, shout out to him. Canelo Alvarez, Canelo Alvarez? Canelo Alvarez, trainer manager, Reynosa, has insisted their priority is still a rematch of Bibble next, despite meeting with Benavides, his representative. So it tells you they met, you know. So hopefully they got a good first date. Here's Crawford. He thinks uh, he thinks Lomachenko won. To be honest, uh, yes, Devin's my guy. I was rooting for him, but I had it 116-112. Oh, but 116-112, that's crazy. Yeah, that one scorecard, 8-8. Eight, eight. Eight of eight rounds, I get it, I get it, but you know, let's put it in perspective. Um, 
Cruz. Sounds like the debut for Andy Cruz will be in Detroit at that uh, card uh, July 15th against Juan Carlos Burgos, which that's a good-ass opponent for your first fight. Really good. Really good. Uh, Texas Run Boxing says Virgil versus uh, Thanonius July 8th. Frank Martin versus somebody July 15th. Fulton Inouye July 25th. Then Spence Crawford July 29th with Boots and his possibly on the other card. Boxing will never die, hashtag. That's, that's, that's what he said. Um, Dan Raphael, when it's signed, it's when it's signed, it's done. It's not signed. There you go. And we know he's talking about. We know who he's talking about. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, maybe I'm already behind on it, and they're and they're literally. Uh, they're already like, they've already done it, you know. I did see, like, they've already announced it. Sky Nicholson on Facebook said she's feeling amused. That's what the little emoji thing she says. Hmm. She's talking about uh, Heather Hardy and Serrano. Hmm. Wants the big money fights, yet is fighting Heather Hardy next, who she beat clearly four years ago, who also. T- turned down fighting me at MSG earlier this year because she can't make featherweight anymore and now fighting Serrano at featherweight. Okay? But Hardy came back saying, bitch, they offered me 25000 to get down to featherweight in six weeks with no belts. Basically, you know, I, 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 that's why I didn't do it. You know what I mean? That's the biggest reason why I didn't do it because uh, it just didn't line up. Stuff has to make sense. Okay, this is Aussie Boxing Scribe. So we're in the Boxing Twitter segment, uh, which, you know, there's a bunch of doozies this week with the fight coming off there. Uh, I long for the days when fight negotiations took place in private. Amen. These, that, that was me. I put the amen in there. These public negotiations that drag on for a year longer creates fatigue amongst fans who have to dissect the fight uh, from every angle. And, yeah, man, I'm with you, dude. And, I, you know, and when it's always quiet, look what fucking happens. When it's quiet, which it has been, beyond, like, ring TV, you know, pushing back the date, this is uh, Vic, good, shout out to Vic, uh, at VicMatic1119, Premier League Yanker. Um, good follow, good guy. Only in boxing does the illegal stream work better than the legal pay-per-view. By the way, I was about to get a refund, I thought. I was getting really mad because the shit was flickering. Uh, not just the audio, but the visual, too. And I'm thinking, dude, and this, you know, we got such an important fight coming up, dude. If this shit's like that. So I started contacting them, calling them, and they fixed it. They fixed it. Thank God they fixed it. Okay, um... Kel- Kellerman, Mannix, Coppinger all gave Lomachenko the 12th. Is it not just the old... Oh, oh, it's not just the old farts who can't judge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a competitive round. But to just to give it to him, like, oh, yeah. So this dude said, boxing is fucking ring. Uh, and someone replied, this was a top-ranked card. If it were rigged this, this time, wouldn't it make sense to go to Loma? I mean, that, that's fair. I did look at their faces, especially Haney's. 
discouraged face until he heard the announcement of his win. He thought he had lost the fight also. I'm sorry, I don't usually do this kind of tweet, but Loma deserved the win. And Ari, that was Abner Mars. Ari, you should have kept that to yourself because you know your vision is no good. Oh, come on, Ari. Come on. That's my guy, Mario. I'm sorry, Abner. You know, I don't I'm just going to shut up. Okay, as for 140, Haney's punching power is already revved out at its peak. He's not going to get more dangerous as he moves up. And some of these guys at 140, they lay leather on Haney the way Loma did. He's picking himself up trying to beat the count. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Maybe maybe he'll be stronger there. Shakur is Floyd with a... Oh, my fucking God, I forgot about this. I forgot about this. This fucking dude prips boxing. Shakur is Floyd with a mean streak. He's Roy Jones with a ton of very good and great peers. I would be very surprised if he isn't the face of boxing by 2025. And my response was, lightweight Floyd had a mean streak and had legit power. Let's not even bring defense into this because, come on, why do we got to do this, dude? So early on in the count, over 900 people on fight scorecard had 18 or 116, 112, 8 to 4 for Loma. I just don't see the 8 to 4 for, for either guy. Here's Maddox. My card, 8 to 4 Loma. Had it even through eight, gave Loma the last four. Brilliant fight. I'm expecting scorecards to be all over the place. And it's like every round. So you didn't, okay. So you had it tied and then, okay. My thing is, it's like, so you gave Loma four rounds for the first eight? What do you get? Round three. I mean, there's other rounds in there, but it's just, I don't. I don't agree with four four. Uh, ow! Went to take a sip of water. It just banged my front tooth. God, I haven't done that in a long ass time. Ouch. Anyway, very glad this is uh, Boxrec Gray. Another great follow. <laughs> his his Twitter handle, Andy Ruiz Blood Cleaner. Very glad 78-year-old brain of David Moretti gets this, gets to decide this. <laughs> this is producer Jay. We all saw what we saw. A draw would have been more easy to digest. This is so fucked. Heartbreak, breaking to see Vasily Lomachenko crying like a child thanks to boxing judges. The only sport where legends aren't disrespe- are, are disrespected. Are you out of your fucking mind? Have you heard the way they've been talking about LeBron? A 38-year-old way past his prime LeBron, or at least past his prime. Dude went for like 40. He almost had a a 40-point triple-double, and these motherfuckers are like, yeah, that's your king? Oh, that's the GOAT? Like, shut the fuck up. Haney looked like Andre Ward after the first Kovalev fight. They know they lost. Oh, my God. Whoever thinks Loma didn't win does not know shit about boxing. That's Oscar. Oscar Oscar also had that, what do you say, uh, Haney beat Loma like Mayweather beat me. It's like, well, I don't, actually, Mayweather was a cleaner win. Um, same clouds 
same clowns saying Devin body shots won him the fight are the ones who said Canelo body shots against Lara were not enough. Oh, God, here we fucking go. Oh, boy. Devin Haney's team should consider suing ESPN Plus for the commentators misleading the, the public all night. Yeah, I saw Timothy Bradley, by the way, loved Timothy Bradley as a fighter. Absolutely loved him. But I've never really liked him as a broadcaster. And boy, was he, you know, uh, Monday morning quarterback. And holy shit. Well, you know, I, I, first I saw Haney, you know, like, or Haney's, you know, backing him up with the jab. He's going to the body. He's looking good. Then I saw, you know, a flurry from. He was out there like, oh my God, did you see the flurry? And it's like, well, yeah, I saw not many punches land in that flurry. Yeah, he, 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 he watched the fight again, and all of a sudden, right? Uh, this is Ron Katz, matchmaker. Last night's fight lived up to the billing. Two highly skilled elite fighters engaging in a high-stakes, fast-paced tactical match. A real win for fans, regardless who you thought won. Both fighters should be commended on their performance. Yeah, dude. Yes. Yes. Russ Amber. Oh, he said, here's the reason why these three blind mice robbed him. Oh, it's so damn crazy. See, they expect him to dominate every round. Watched Loma this morning. I don't stay up late to watch fights anymore. I prefer sleeping and watching the AM. Matt Brown, um, I am the immortal. This is UK, obviously. Tots, Loma is oh god. Tots, Loma is the better boxer again. He's the best boxer of the century, in my opinion. He's not the best at winning rounds, though, especially early on. <laughs> So he's the best boxer of the century, which there's some pretty good fighters in there, right? I think we can't forget about that. So he's the best fighter of this century, which is over 20 years on. But he's not good at winning rounds, especially early. I mean, come on, dude. Oh, boy. Uh, This is Ray Jackson. Devin Haney got the win, but Bill Haney got exposed as a trainer. The main reason why Loma had so much success in the second uh, half of the fights because Bill had no game plan or no plan B uh, adjustments to give his son. Props to Devin figuring the shit out on his own. I got to say, yeah, I, I, he wasn't good in the corner. Comparatively, he definitely was not. And they need to figure that out. Jim Cross, uh, most of the betting action was on Loma. feel like the outrage is for people who lost their bets. I would have gotten mad, too, if I bet Loma, to be honest. Objectively, it was a close fight. I can't justify the card. But 7-5, Haney, 2, uh, is an acceptable scorecard for two judges. Yeah. Yep. Oh, God. Loma, this is Chris Strait. Loma has never conclusively lost a fight. He had close ones not go his way. And all three were big asterisks next to him. All three of them. Of course, Salido, the overweight, dirty fighter, injured shoulder against Keo, and then bad judging. There's never been a fighter that could say they fully got the better of them. But it's also like, you know, you have to, uh, you know, he doesn't, he didn't win one of those clearly, though. You know, you gotta, you can't, whatever. Seven to five Loma, acceptable range. Eight to four Loma, seven to five Haney. 
No thanks. So it's only acceptable. Okay. Uh, if you if you can count on boxing insiders for one thing, it's not insight, but the, actually the inevitable of them pulling rank on you when you disagree with them. Yeah, no shit. I hear that. <laughs> oh, this is what uh, somebody said to uh, Chris Strait. He has never conclusively beat them either. It goes both ways. Why can't he find a way to conclusively beat the likes of Lopez and Haney? He's not a special fighter. I mean, that's the thing. He's got to find a way, too. Oh, here goes some fanboy shit. Loma's 17-3 record is better than Floyd's 50-0 and when 37 out of the 50 were leftovers. <laughs> oh, boy. Seven stages of grief, shock, denial, angle, bargaining, depression, testing, acceptance. you got to accept it. Gotta accept it. Gotta accept it. Anyway, this is Tay Jones. I wasn't gonna say anything, but I know for a fact Bill Haney and Devin Haney tried to get a fourth fight extension on their contract, but top rank were the ones that turned it down. So it looked weird seeing Shakur in the ring after, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've heard that from multiple people. I don't know if it's true, but I did hear that. Um Top rank damaged itself, turning away future boxers with this blatant robbery. Matchroom better promotional agency. I'm wondering if after robbing Loma before the world, where 90% of the population who saw the fight believed Loma won, even people were supporting it. it, it blah, 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 blah. Nobody believes Haney won except Haney fangirls. Uh, this is... This is Manny versus Bradley all over? Give me a fucking break. Remember when Floyd was saying top rank was setting him up to lose, lots of guys tried to get out of top rank. You know, the thing is, it goes against it because he didn't have Haney side. So it just doesn't line up. Why didn't he fucking sign him? It's just, come on, dude. Dear Loma, I'm sorry America and Bob Aram robbed you. Hope the tanks, jets, and advanced West weapon system that Obama didn't want to give you make up for it. What the fuck? God, this is boxing season. This has got a boxing scene written all over the forum. Oh, my God. Sad you had to go through what Pacquiao had to go through with Aram and then with Haney. It's what happens when aging former champs go against leading promoter's best fighter. Oh. Is that what happened? Here's Stephen A. Smith. Here's a perfect example, right? Lomachenko easily won the 10th and 11th. The 12th was closer. Haney won most of the first seven. Well, if he won most of the first seven, and you're talking about three rounds in the back five, <laughs> That means you got to close that scorecard, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, hello? Like, okay. Just a couple more we'll get out of here because this is extended. Loma has the same problem Pac had. Obviously, it's different when you watch live, but Loma is so fast and sneaky with his shots. A lot is missed when watching live. When you freeze frame here, we fucking go. You got to freeze frame it, huh? 
It's like uh, Ali with the short punch that, you know, was fake, right? Oh, boy. When you freeze frame reviewing films, you see all his work. It sucks how much Loma's work goes unnoticed. Pack had the same problem with watching him live. Also, Haney's body work is greatly extreme. <laughs> Uh, exaggerated by people who claim he won because of it. Look how many is blocked or is below. Haney also has the flashy American style similar to Floyd. I don't think they fight that all that. That a lot of young... Okay, I'm done. It dazzles the judges. Oh my God, how could you see? It has to be 12-0, dude. Okay, this is Lee Groves. He's got a point here. To me, the only scorecard that counts is the one that is done live or when one sees the fight on delay without knowing the results or reaction on social media. Cards that are done after the fact are tainted because they are too powerfully influenced by post-fight narratives. And I said, that's a fair point. There are some times where it comes into play that you got to check it out, but that's a fair, fair point. Um, and some of it has to do with, you know, Maybe you're at a, a fight party or some shit, you know, and you can't concentrate. I think that that has to play into it a little bit. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. You guys uh, enjoy the triple headers uh, that we got coming this weekend. Like I said, I'm going to be trying to get back to more Tuesdays, and, you know, hopefully here soon Mondays. So I'm going to try to stay on track for you guys. You know how it is, though. Life gets in the way. It is what it is. Um, Yeah, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy your night. Have a great weekend. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.